Who's the dummy now? You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. So far tonight, I'm average. Studies show marijuana can be very psychologically addictive. Man, them studies. Bowler, uh... But you'd like a smoke, wouldn't you? Love the strip joints. Bowler, you're free to go. Bowler, I got enough to worry about. Forget it, Bowler. How you doing, Bowler? Yeah, how you doing, Bowler? Because this Bowler's barely keeping it on the rails, but somehow throughout it all, he never fails. It is Tuesday night. Hope you're feeling all right. It's June 27th, 2023. You're listening to me, Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City, bringing you episode 253, Bowl After Bowl. And I'm Dame DeLorean. And, uh... You're a bowler. Thanks for tuning in, bowler. Yeah. And uh, don't forget, bowler, don't use your eyes. Use your nose. Don't use your eyes, bowler. Use your nose. You smell that? Oh, I smell, smell it. it. You smell it? good. Get a whiff? Yeah. Get, get a whiff? You know what that smell is? You don't want to know, bowler. You don't want to know. I thought it was weed. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, how'd you guess? Let's blame it on the weed, everybody. I mean, it is the bowl. Yeah, it is the bowl. And uh, you're listening. Appreciate you a lot. Been through a lot. That's true. Another one of those action-packed weeks. We didn't waste no time this week. Well, this is also a historical bowl. That's right. Because three years ago, on this very day, bowl after bowl broke their hiatus. Our hiatus there. Their hiatus. <laughs> Those mysterious bowl after bowl people. You, <laughs> The bowl after bowl guy? We've only read about them in <laughs> mystery dime novels. Oh, the bowl after bowl guy? <laughs> yeah. After five years away. Five years of a dusty hiatus. Yes, that's right. Being disheartened by the legalization movement in Missouri. Oh, yeah. We came back, but it was on a Saturday night. It was. June 27th of 2020, when we had our mics all set up thanks to Hog's story. <laughs> That's right. And, uh, wow, thanks to Hog's story can't be said enough, because, like, uh, I think a lot of people don't know, but we would not uh, be doing this at all without them. Yeah. So thank you, Fletcher, and thank you, Carolyn. Look how popular we are. That smoker is the best thing that ever happened to us. It's true. Oh, man. The smoker. Hogstory.net. Dot net. Oh, man. You look like a man who needs a smoker in his life. Yeah, three years, and I don't remember when we switched to Tuesdays, but we haven't missed a Tuesday since. It was kind of, I think it was right when we started doing the live, because it wasn't too far after. Oh, we didn't do the first one live? Uh, no, no, no. Mm. We actually started going live 
from the hog stream. Oh, that's right. And Fletcher let us on. And then uh, No Debit put us a dedicated stream socket onto his stream. And then I think it was not until right after we did that uh, live with Dave for the first live item tag that I finally bit the bullet and got my own uh, live server set up, live ice, ice cast stream. Yes. Just shortly after that. Because I didn't want to make no debit, like, uh, troubleshoot all of my stupid stuff that I was doing. and Breaking. Yeah. <laughs> figured it was time to uh, kind of pony up and take con- uh, responsibility of that. Take flight. Yeah. Leave the nest. It's wild, man. Three years. Yeah. You know, there is a, a significance to the passage of time. Of course. And that's a magical year, Three, the third one. Yeah. Three years of bowl after bowling. Right after your 33rd birthday. Uh, it's, it's, everything's lining up. On episode 253. 253. And uh, at 8.33 p.m., FEMA Region 7 time, I got 33 Karma over in the Millennial Media Offensive chat. Ooh. Uh, digits. I was furiously editing some of these uh, Briscoe County Junior ISOs, because I've been we've been talking about this a while. We want the Briscoe County Junior ISOs, because Lord Bowler is his faithful sidekick throughout that series so there's just a shitload of bowler drops throughout the series they only had one season but throughout that season there's just a so many bowler isos Sheesh, come on boy it's a treasure trove so i don't know i didn't get all of the ones that we, we took but i ended up i bet you can guess how many i actually ended up editing 33 33 before i was like running cutting it too close it was like nine i had to take the stream over and that's not even all of them, is it? It's not. No, I've got uh, a few more to go. Cool. A few more to go. Booberry's very juiced about this. I see a boo boner in the chat because of these... Uh... Bowler isos? Yeah. How you doing, Bowler? How you doing, Bowler? That one's a little crazy. A little hot. I know. Some of these are like in like high action scenes, and so there's a lot of nose. Or noise. <laughs> nose. I was looking at the board, <laughs> and I saw nose. Don't use your eyes, Bowler. Use your nose. Yeah. You smell that? Oh, Bruce Campbell. But the one specific episode, there's a boost bowler. It's like bowler, give me a boost up. Yeah. Bowler, I got enough to worry about. Oh, wait, shit. That's on this board. Sorry. What you mean boost you up? Why don't you boost me up? Hey, bowler, boost me up. I think I'm going to have to switch the order of those two, obviously, because I can already see that going wrong. I don't know. There's this thing in my brain where uh, the one on the left and the one on the right, they got to be in order from left to right. Uh, yeah, something like that. I don't know. And changing it on the fly is surely going to, uh... She's the lightest. Why don't we boost her up? <laughs> That's right. He's the one doing the boosting. Yeah. Oh, I love this. Hot boost isos. For God's sake, Buller, I was fighting for my life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fighting for my life here on the soundboard. I haven't had time. I just... God, I, I trimmed them and I threw them on there. I haven't had time to like level them correctly. Some of the drops are too hot. Some of the drops are too not hot. We call those cold. Yeah. The opposite of hot. Cold isos. Try not to rub it in, okay? Bowler, come on. He's depressed enough as it is. <laughs> How can you be depressed with Bruce Campbell on your board? Okay, you got a point there. Oh, man. You know, you're kind of cute, Bowler. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I get the short version of that too. You know you're kind of cute, Bowler. 
I like the uh, laugh in the fall. The laugh in the fall really sells it for me. Yeah. She's getting all jacked up on that uh, champagne or whatever. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, it was spiked with something. Doctored champagne. Put them all to sleep. With the Yoohoo powder in it or whatever. Oh, <laughs> who could forget? Baller, how are you in back rubs? <laughs> I know for a fact that the bowlers give amazing back rubs. Yeah, I think so. Appreciate the help, bowler. <laughs> uh, I've also taken a bunch of Teen Titans Go drops from a certain episode that I think Booberry will quite appreciate. So, still teasing those, but at least now I have them on my uh, local drive. So all I, all I gotta do is just trim them and send them. So they're coming in a boost basket. They're coming this week. They're gonna come. And you're gonna love them. I'm gonna fucking put them right in your inbox. <laughs> Uh, so that's what I've been up to, basically clipping ISOs furiously, furiously. Filling your for boobs folder. Yeah, you know <laughs> the always, usual. Always got more drops for boobs. Always got more drops for boobs. Oh shit! What do we do? We celebrated solstice pretty much right after the show. That was the day after. Oh, that was so much fun. Um, but then again, everything is fun with you. Oh, we had a great time. We basically like. Uh, Took all our clothes off and had a bonfire in the backyard. Yeah, ran around naked because uh, with a fire. What do you do? And I painted my face. That's solstice. I know you. Uh, you were so down, man. I was like, uh, "Hey, you know what would be kick ass if you did some kind of like uh, sun style makeup like this?" And I sent you like an example, and then you like what you came up with. I was like, "Damn, that's excellent." Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Covered in gemstones, carrying gemstones, dancing around like a wild man. And wild woman. Yeah. <laughs> In the middle of the city. <laughs> Team Booty Road again. Yeah, a little bit of ghetto solstice, man. Hell yeah. Uh, Casting magic spells in the hood. What the hell? What are you going to do? Ain't what? no one calling the police in the hood. That's right. So. <laughs> and if they did, uh, it wouldn't matter. <laughs> it was too entertaining. They'd be like, uh, is there a body? Well, no, but then don't call here. Click. <laughs> Those freaky white people. <laughs> That's more so They're all thinking Looking at their windows What the fuck They're burning <laughs> Just kidding They're burning stuff Casting hexes We have some Good secluded areas Of the backyard Yeah man We're just Dude we're nice and private mm-hmm. Careful Oh man I am Back with my favorite Class now at work Yay Thank god Fantastic So that's been nice also in my favorite uh, material, which is the React stuff. It's kind of where I shine because, like, none of the other instructors really have spent a lot of time in React. And so, like, all the questions for that come to me and all the onus is on me to lay it down. And you love it. I love it. It's my. It's a great point, too, because they're just coming out of learning .NET MVC apps, which are very involved, and there's just a lot of shit to remember and learn, and it's a little overwhelming. And they come back to React... Which is a little messy at first, but then once you get the hang of it, like, the main syntax is just, uh, it's the syntax called JSX, which is JavaScript and XML, which basically just lets you write HTML-like structures. It looks like HTML for all intents and purposes. So it's not really that tough to pick up. It's like, okay, this is HTML, this is the stuff you have the most exposure to, we're just making tags, people, and we'll break them down in little pieces. It's been quite nice. So that's fun. Yeah. Uh, you didn't kill yourself last week. That was good. <laughs> this is another week. It, it's crazy. I'm really uh, stacking them weeks up. 
Yeah. <laughs> Uh, 33 years of weeks. 33 years of weeks of not uh, taking my own life. And with no intention of ever doing so. That's right. I and have, no information about the Clintons at all. Yeah, the Department of Justice might say something, but uh, you know it's all bullshit, bowlers. You know better than that. Um, had a kick-ass Bitcoin block party. Yeah, we did. Which uh, we've been teasing for quite a while. So that went down on Saturday. You gave a wonderful presentation on value for value and music. Thank you. It was great. You said it was like an hour. I felt like that thing was just like whoosh 20 minutes or something. (laughs) Hilarious. Imagine that. You had a question and answer segment, though, which was probably 10 to 15 minutes. So, yeah, your presentation was about 45 minutes. And I think you were going like for 30 to 45 minutes. Yeah, I'm not sure what I'm going for, to be really honest with you. I just think it's great when people have questions at the end. I, w- I thought that... Uh, people were really interested, and that was cool. That was to cool. me. I think that it really finally clicked for some people what I've been, like, ear-beating them about for <laughs> ever since I started going to these things, you know? Yeah. I just It's hard to just kind of sit there and lay it down for people just in a normal conversation, you know? And they have, like... It's a one-on-one, and so then they have objections, or then they have, like, well, I don't understand this, and then, I don't know, it's hard to get somewhere. But if if I have the floor, and I can really put together this bigger picture, uh, what my talk was is I kind of broke it up into three main segments. The technology behind what's going on, the business models compared to each other, and then the kind of call-to-action segment, or, like, how do I actually do this shit? How do I put my podcast out there or my music out there or my other digital content out there? And also, how do I consume it and boost it? And so that was the three subdivisions of my talk. And the first technology part was basically like, okay, we had Bitcoin 1.0, that's on-chain, that's Satoshi's legacy. And then we had Bitcoin 2.0, which is this lightning layer on top. We had podcasting 1.0, and I talked about the genesis of that coming from RSS feeds and blogging. And moving into, uh, you know, uh, syndicated media files, which Adam Curry kind of pushed Dave Weiner into adding that enclosure tag into the RSS spec uh, and how that all rolled out. And then podcasting 2.0, what we're doing right now with uh, boosts and with transcripts and chapters and all this different stuff. And so, I don't know, it, it was really nice to be able to riff off of just a PowerPoint that I put together because that had my direction i gave a talk sort of like this at the last block party but it was it was very impromptu like they asked me if i wanted to talk for a little bit about it and so i just kind of yammered for 10 or 12 minutes and i didn't really have a direction or where i was going and stuff it was while the band was setting up too so then once they were set up they were like okay buddy yeah let's go it's like wrap her up (laughs) so i don't know i just kind of didn't really have any time to prepare thoughts or anything so I don't know, I was disappointed in myself for that first one. But this last one, I had time to like think it out, come up with a strategy. And then I really want to refine this thing because it's still sort of three quarters baked. And I want to maybe try to trim some time off of it and get it a little more lean and thoughtful and effective. And then hopefully, fingers crossed, it can be worth uh, adding to this panel for Tennessee that they're talking about, Podcasting 2.0 is talking about. So That would be awesome. That's the hope. And maybe I'll send it to a few people for notes. I already had uh, – Boobs kind of looked at it before I did the talk. 
and notice I had some duplicate slides in there. So I'm glad I sent it to him uh, right before. Um, but Jesus, I've been running around like an asshole like usual. So I haven't really had time to think about that at all. Because right when we got done with the Bitcoin block party, we went up to the gym show the next day. Well, hold on. I videotaped oh, okay. your speech too. Yeah. I don't know what the audio is going to be like on that. Cause... Uh, yeah, I, I had a little <laughs> camera up too. When I set the camera up, it was like I only had one choice because that was where the outlets were. Yeah. And then I realized that if I'm facing the screen, <laughs> a little TV plugged in basically. We didn't have like a big projector. We had like a, a TV, flat screen TV that I was doing my presentation on. So I was kind of gesturing toward that and I just had my back directly to the camera the whole time. So it's oh, going to look... It's going to look pretty stupid, but whatever. Well, if the audio comes through, that's all you really need. I think so. Yeah. And uh, I, we never get any action on our uh, tweeters. Bull After Bull does have a tweeter, but... Uh, oh, on the bird shite? On the bird shite. There was a bunch of uh, people who tagged me after that. It was like, I liked your talk, essentially. Oh, nice. Uh, which was... That's cool. Encouraging. Definitely. Somebody t- took a picture of me uh, with their post. So, uh, NFT Central, shout out. Uh, shout out. I guess we got an NFT guy showing up to the block party. Um, and he was enthused about the Bitcoin stuff and what we had going on. So, I don't know. I am willing to meet people and hear them out, but NFTs are... I just have so much other bullshit going on in my life that I really don't have room or time for NFTs at all. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, but but he's supposedly coming to the next meetup, so maybe we can, uh, you know, hear one another out, and I'm not going to have to be the one dogging on the NFT uh, situation. I'm sure he'll get plenty of that. Yeah. I took some pictures of you, too, while you were up there, with your screen in view, so yeah, if you want any of those. A little uh, beta release of the of the value-for-value value talk, I guess. Yeah. We'll refine it as time goes on. We'll get a little bit better. I was proud of myself because I loaded my whole setup into the car by myself. I'm surprised you didn't die. It was like 600 pounds of rocks. I you can't guys. believe, especially that. There biggest, was one box the where biggest tub. I don't understand how you got it in there. Yeah, I have quite a few specimens that don't have their own boxes. Like I have trays that I keep like gemstones in. So there's like a bismuth tray, an amethyst tray, blah blah blah. And then there were random specimens I wanted to bring. Uh, So I just loaded those randos into a plastic tub. And when I went to pick it up, I was like, well, this weighs more than me. So I dragged it out my front door, down the front steps, all the way to the car. And then I got there and I was like, all right, you got to get it in the trunk. (laughs) And I picked it up and like immediately as I lifted, my armpits just broke out into a sweat (laughs) in my forehead. It was just like sweat dripping down, but I got it up into the truck. (laughs) I just hulked it up there. Hell yeah. It was was a great feeling. I'm stronger than I know. No doubt. That's how it felt. And then when we got there, I was like, can you carry that box for me? Thanks. (laughs) It was... ridiculously heavy yeah that was the only thing i needed help with though was that one damn box and i skipped out on bringing the 60 pound labradorite because we had the whole wolf pack with us and usually i put the labradorite in the child seat all buckled in right but we had little butts in all those seats so 
I didn't want the Labradorite rolling around and stuff in the back. Yeah, it was just not Too worth risky. it. And, uh, not obviously, nobody ever is going to buy that thing, but... Uh, um, I always report in with how many sats I made, and I can't remember the exact number, but it was over 300,000 sats. Nice. So that was exciting. Always worth my time. Yeah. Especially uh, in the in the raised price oh, yeah. environment here. It's true. It's Although, true. I guess we're... Most of our other Bitcoin block parties have occurred at higher price points now that I'm thinking about it. I think the last one was in the 20s. Mm. Yeah, this isn't my highest raking in of sats, but it was a good one. I mostly just like talking to people about rocks, <laughs> you know. Definitely. And everybody's drawn to that. It's like the easy... Yeah, they're shiny and pretty. Mm-hmm. Some of them. Yes. And sometimes people are like, I need something to block the EMF waves. And I'm like, hey, meet my friend, Black Tourmaline. Actually, I could do a, a legit drop, I suppose. It's the Black Tourmaline coming out of the chest. Yeah. So then we broke it down, and the kids were so good. They made friends. There were a couple other kids there. And they had fun playing hide-and-seek and tag and stuff while I, all the uh, business was going on. I paid tribute to Booberry because as people started breaking down... They had some playlist going, and it was like, we are the champions or something. I was like... Oh, yeah. I was like, hey, put the loadout on. They were like, huh? I was like, just put it on. Put the loadout on. What? By Jackson Brown. Just look it up and put it on. And everyone loved it. And it was the perfect song. Yeah. I get to spread the tradition, man. I gotta do it. Gotta do it. <laughs> Pay homage. It's like, uh, Booberry's imprinted it into my soul now. He is. And he gives great hugs. <laughs> Hugberry. Hugberry. Uh, and then the kids were so good. I was like, let's go get slushies from Quick Trip. And <laughs> who's walking towards us as we're walking into the Quick Trip? A friggin' motherfucking police, man. Fucking cop. And I, I'm sorry, but I just, you know, I don't like smelling like weed walking towards a cop. It's, it's, just, it's illegal down, man. What you worried about? Yeah, and then he's like, wow, one, two, three, four kids. I got something for him. And then he gave all of our kids baseball cards. Yep. Like late 80s baseball cards. That was pretty cool. That was cool. Like, wow, thanks, dude. <laughs> yep. And then the next day, there was a gem show, as you were saying before. Gem show. And what a gem show it was. Yeah, that's the first one we've been to that's just wholesale only. Yeah. So it was like by special invite, which I guess we've just hadn't known about them in the past because you've never been in their book. I until... wasn't in the book until the last show. Yeah, you got and it figured I out. Got it figured out because I have never had the right paperwork until two shows ago, but they didn't put me in the book. So I had to keep bringing my paperwork. And I once again brought my paperwork this time with my business ID or whatever. Mm-hmm. My butthole ID. <laughs> and, but she didn't even need to look at it. I was in the book. But the ampersands in my business name kind of fucks things up. Take a look. It's in the book. Fucking gym show. Fucking gym show. And this was the first time I got to hold and see some anhydro specimens. Anhydro agates. Those were nuts. Yeah, that guy Stone had a really great setup of some stuff. Yeah, shout out to the dude named Stone. 
Yeah, Stone is the real one. He had the greatest specimens. He had a $50,000 watermelon tourmaline scepter. Oh, my God. Like a wand, you guys. so beautiful. It was silly. It had like four colors of tourmaline in it. It was amazing. And he let you hold it. Mm Mm-hmm. And I had the kids, so I wasn't going to ask, but... He's also holding that Moldavite because he was the only guy there with Moldavite, mm-hmm. and uh, he had one tray with just busted up shards, and then he had another tray with like some juicy shit. Yeah, and there was this one that I was like immediately magnetized at that was the <laughs> yeah. best piece. It was like obviously the best piece. It was and thick, then, and it had all those like tree lines in it. Oh god! Like, yeah, well defined yeah. Uh, veins, I guess you could call it. It was thick and veiny. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, so he's kind of distracted talking to some other guy. And uh, I'm like, yo, what are your numbers on these uh, Moldavites over here? And he's like, oh, uh, all those are 15 a gram. And I like almost shit my pants. And I was like, let's weigh this motherfucking thing. And then I like pick that one back up. And he's like, oh, well, you know, the bigger ones on that tray are a different rate. And I was yeah. like, oh, God, I knew. <laughs> I knew there was no way that shit was 15 a gram, bro. I would have been like buying it immediamente. Uh, but I did grab some of the little shards. It was like, once I learned the numbers, I was like, okay, reasonably I could get some of these littler shards that are like within uh, 0.2 of one gram, you know, mm-hmm. they look on one side or the other of one gram. Yeah. And they're nice pieces too. Like if you go to a retail show or if you look online for Moldavite, I mean, you can see up to $90 a gram for Moldavite. It's insane. Oh yeah. It's nuts. So, and that piece and, that he had was over twenty one grams that I uh, was gravitating toward. I was just like, <laughs> yeah, and it was over twenty one hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> but it was like a museum grade specimen. Now that guy Palm also stone. had a beast mode amethyst tower, mm-hmm. and I was also drawn to that. I was like, we were about to leave, and then I was like, can we go back to this guy because that was the first guy we talked to, and every time we're at these things, it's like. Well, you can't buy anything at the first booth. You got to like look around. You got to walk yeah. the floor first. You got to see all the shit that's out there before you start throwing money down. Otherwise, you just get in trouble. It's happened many times. So then we kind of blew our load and we were like, oh, fuck, I guess we got to go. And then I was like, oh, I really want to talk to that first guy, though, because he had some really great shit. And I'm so glad we did. We went back to that Amethyst Tower and... uh I hadn't noticed on the first pass, but I noticed on the second pass, there's like a perfect three just naturally formed in the uh, side of this this tower. That's right. And I was like, man. You're like, look, there's a three, though, because I wasn't sold on it. And I was just tr- like, really, I was just trying to walk away from it and just get out of there and be <laughs> like, all right, we're done spending money on fucking rocks again, even though... It, it, when you got a gym business, it's like... It's inventory. It's inventory, and they don't expire on the shelf. You know, things are going to be good forever. So it's like... Yeah. There's there's uh, a little justification there, because you're going to get the money back out of it someday, eventually. Especially when you consider inflation, you know? It's like... Oh, that's for sure. The prices on all this shit are only going up. So, eh, It's like... When you see a piece like that, and then as soon as I saw the three, I knew that I was never going to convince myself out of it yeah but you know in a in a good negotiation you can never just let them know how fucked you already are you know so you gotta be like eh, you know i really want to leave so you you get your little haggle on mm-hmm. and uh 
with buying the tower and some of those little uh, Moldavite chunks, he cut me a deal on each since I got both. And and Babuya, we really upped our uh, inventory. Yeah. And that amethyst obelisk is what, 20 something pounds? It was, uh, damn, now I don't even remember. That's all right. To be honest with you. It's a big, 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 big boy. Big boy. Big boy. I big think it's baby. just a little under 20, if I remember right. Mm. But, uh, it's juicy. And the three on it, yeah. It was <laughs> the magic. The three. The three sealed the deal, let's be honest. I couldn't unsee the three. Yeah, it's like, it's naturally <laughs> formed, you know. It just, I mean, it looks like two half agates, because that's kind of what it is, or two half geode formations. Stacked on one another. There's a better, more geologically nerdy word for it, but I can't remember it. Yeah, we should work on this. But yeah, it's like there's the clear quartz crystal outline and then sort of like a citrine orange in the middle of the three. It's very cool. Yes. Very cool. Very legal. Incredibly legal. Incredibly in uh, the living room. So more good vibes. Yeah. And the kids got a geology lesson. Mm-hmm. I go in there, but they were like, where's the kids booth? Where are our games? Where's the dinosaur? Where's the dinosaur? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is the business show. Right. They were like, oh, let's go to Pop's house. And we did. And you fished. And we ate the fish that you caught on Father's Day. We did. We, You and I both prepared it on yeah. separate occasions, you different ba- ways. I broiled it. Well, you broiled half of it last night, yeah. And then you pan fried the rest. And we asked the kids which one was better because I thought the pan fried was much better. But they all said they were both good. I thought, wow, how diplomatic of these small children. They're learning early. <laughs> yeah. Well, they spend most of their day up there with you, so. That's they, true. They can't shit on the broiled. They didn't even think about it, though. I think they really liked it both ways. I think so. It was good. It was good both ways. Yeah. You know what's good all the ways? The bowlers and oh, the value that they contribute to the show. No doubt about it. And uh, we always want to thank them right at the very beginning, right at the very beginning of the show. Uh, I did check in and the PayPal's uh, just before the show, but I will check in again. We had nothing over the past week at the PayPal's. And yes, that is still the case, which that's kind of the trend. The trend is that the PayPal uh, excitement is dropping off a bit. And uh, a lot of folks are moving over to the boost action with podcasting 2.0, and you've heard that so far this show, all those bowling pins uh, crashing and knocking down are the sounds of boostograms hitting the node in real time. And you can always get in on that action. You can go over to nudepodcastapps.com, and uh, all you got to do is take all your clothes off and uh, dance to this song on your way over there. I'm going to do some sides. I've got 40000 in my wallet. I'm, I'm, I'm boosting value contribution. This is fucking awesome. Oh, so awesome. Fucking awesome. So fucking awesome. So fucking awesome. Uh, speaking of awesome, I don't know if you saw it, but, uh, I don't know if you bowlers saw it in the chat, but there's been a new drop. And now I have to scroll a up to find hey it, A new Hey Citizen drop? Is this what you're talking about? A new Hey Citizen drop. It's wonderful. It's a new live son of a bitch. And uh, uh, should I play it? Yes, please. Let's see if I can cue it up properly because uh, I don't want to mess this up. Let's 
Some podcasts are special And some are a bit of a bore Some start with an ad read You've probably heard them before But some have a model That's tested and true Where you get to pay Whatever it's worth to you I'm so grateful for that All I want is to boost it right back So I say Thank you for the value That I've been given Thank you, bitch Thanks for providing the means to listen Free from any sponsors You keep your integrity Without a fee Posting a file on it feed so I say thank you for the value for giving it to me Shit, I love exceptional podcasts are great but they're rarely produced you better be streaming sats mm, all the more reason to help them along with the boost And I've often wondered, how did it begin? Who found out that time or talent could be sent in just like treasure can? Boost me, bitch. Well, whoever it was, I'm a fan. So I say thank you for the value that I've been given. Thanks for providing the means to listen. Free from any sponsors, you keep your integrity without a fee. Posting a file on an RSS feed. So I say thank you for the value for giving it to me. Thank you for the value for value. I am so lucky. I have a fancy podcast app. I want to sing it out to everybody. What a joy, what a nice boostagram. Thank you for the value that I've been given. Thanks for providing the means to listen. Free from any sponsors, you keep your integrity without a fee. You post a file on an RSS feed. So I say thank you for the value for giving it to me. Appreciate the help, Ola. So I say thank you for the value for giving it to me. Oh, another banger. Just nailed it. Ah, bowler, right on time. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, hey, citizen. What a demonstration, too, of value for value. I mean, it's like, that's what I said as part of my talk. Like, it's, I, I have a slide, a part of my slide that's like, it's more than just money, right? Everyone is like pencil pushing, looking at numbers, looking at CPM and the shit. Uh, 
I have news for you. I'm not in this for the money, Bowler. It's true. It's, it's more than the money, right? And the money keeps things going and uh, keeps the lights on. But uh, it's not like we're chasing the $400 million Spotify poop money. No. Poop dollar. Poop dollar. No. No, 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 no. It's, uh, it's the true value. It's the value of uh, having a community and all of these uh, peoples, real peoples in our lives who are sending in uh, love and, uh, you know, people that we stay with when we travel around the country now, people who stay with us when they travel around the country, uh, sending goofy things in the mail. There's just, it's so much more. And I really wish that I could just show that or inject that into the mind, into the consciousness, into the understanding of the average person out there who has no idea, who just thinks like you got to get to 10,000 downloads per show so that you can get to your first uh, sex underpants ad so that you can, you know, finally get a check for two grand or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what regular people do. Regular, that's the mentally ill. I've just, <laughs> I just have to make assumptions, you know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Just that, that uh, really warmed my heart. I appreciate that. Yeah, that was an awesome sneak peek of that song. Thank you, Hey Citizen, for sharing it in the bowl chat. A place where you should be if you're a bowler. Love it. In the bowl. A little sneaky. A little sneaky peeky. Um, yes. Anyway. Uh, you've heard some bowling pins, like I mentioned before, crashing into the uh, bowl lanes down here, and that is the sound of Helipad listening to the boostergrams coming in. I like to always scroll back to our delineator, which is Harv Hat. He hits us on the outro for 1420 sats. He did it again. Woo. Thanks, Harv Hat. again. Uh, Kiriocaster, 1420 sats from Harv Hat. And uh, we appreciate you very much. Um, appreciate the value for value. It's uh, This will be the easiest money you ever made, Bowler. <laughs> I love all these damn uh, Briscoe County drops. I just can't get enough. Sorry. 420 coming in next from Taste Buds at a fountain. Cheers. Tasty. Tasty boost. Thanks, Taste. Uh, it looks like Podcasting 2.0 we hit a split from, and that's Chad F. boosting the old 3333. And I believe that is uh, due to the uh, timed live item tag. I'm such a doofus, I should know the name of this. The time split, I believe, is how it goes, because uh, an Abel and the Wolf track was featured on episode 136, Moist Splits. And so... While they're playing that song, if you're listening, this works forever, by the way. Uh, if Just during that section of the Podcasting 2.0 episode, while they're playing our song, you can boost, and we get a split from that. And that, I guess, would be me and Abel and Boobs, I want to say, because they did Like Wine. They Is also right? played Stay a While. But they played Stay point, a While. So that would be You, Abel, and Me. You, Abel, and Me. So we had little uh, splits for our artists who did the uh, album artwork. So I just love how this uh, self-hosted decentralized music thing is is kind of spreading out and getting a little more use case action. Um, I think we still have some ways to go in uh, the app ecosystem. I think there should be several competing apps that are all kind of steered by separate entities and going their own direction so that there can be kind of a nice, robust uh, you know, community of apps or ecosystem of apps, if you want, that everybody is using and developing in their own way. Just like on the podcasting side, what we have. You know, there should be lots of options 
and they should all be getting better over time. So that's kind of uh, what we see as the vision of the future in the very near future. A free fact. market. Correct. Correct, correct. Uh, 3333 sets came in next. And that was from uh, the one and only Dame Trail Chicken. Oh, Buck Buck. Thank you. Um, I must confess, Boob sent me that like a month ago, and I still have it in a tab, in a goddamn browser tab open. I haven't put it on the board. I just click over to this tab every time we have a Dame Trail Chicken booth. So I appreciate you, Dame Trail Chicken. And uh, tabs as bookmarks for life. Memory leaks be damned. Uh, 111 sats from Cameron, no note, but he was boosting podcasting for value. And uh, yes, that's episode 30, Noster, your average podcast, where we also received a split. So that is a uh, lovely surprise there. And thank you, Cameron. And thank you also, uh, Floydian Slips, who does the podcasting for value podcast. Appreciate the uh, split in there. 3333 next up from Dag. Oh, thanks, Dag. Uh, who said ISO boost, and he has a zip file. Oh, 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 he has a zip file if I only would have known. So I think I have a little collection here to go through afterwards uh, to take a look at. That's exciting. Oh, yeah, he's got a few different ISOs in here. It looks like four different ISOs uh, that we could maybe use. Do you want to hear what it sounds like when they come? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that sounds familiar. That sounds like a familiar voice. (laughs) (laughs) these are great uh another what another lavish what 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 that'll go with my what's because i've got a collection of what's kind of building what 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 i love Uh, that lavish what the lavish what is a great addition what and uh the final one he sent well good it's about time (laughs) (laughs) a little midnight mic action okay fantastic yeah thank you dag good work dag Great ISOs. I like Dags. I love Dags. Uh, next up is 6969 uh, from, you guessed it, the one and only man we just heard uh, do a little sing song. 6969, dudes! Hey, citizen. Hey, citizen. Thank you. Coming out of Podverse, he says, Woot, got my Albi filled up using LNCLI. Holy based. With a little flex emoji. Fa- uh, fantastic work. Fantastic work. Hey, citizen. Actually set a new node up, and I saw a new channel that he opened to me. I'll, t- I'll talk about that more in the next Ooh. segment. But uh, that guy, man, he's he's doing all of the value contributions, you know. Uh, for the hat trick, all he, all he'll need to do is leave a voicemail. That's right. <laughs> uh, maybe someday, but he's the one doing the boosting. One of them boosters out there. Appreciate you. Uh, he came back, holy moly, with a couple more, including this one for. 6969. Yes, that's 46,969 sets. That was out of Podverse, and he is boosting that big uh, cluster smoke circle, bowling, uh, excuse me, blowing smoke in your anus. That bowls with buds we did with uh, 12 people, 11 mics. 12 people, 11 mics. Uh, He boosted, and the boostergram says, You crazy fucks. (laughs) Oh, man. Yes, we have a sliver of the craziness of that weekend recorded for posterity. If you check out bullswithbuds.com, it was the last Bulls with Buds that we did, so it'll be the first hit right on top. You can listen to the uh, Blowing Smoke in Your Anus track or in your favorite nude podcast app. Just scroll back three episodes. It's 250. 
nice and easy to find. And uh, all the players get splits off of that, so big boosts on that really get spread around, and we appreciate that very much. And then uh, Hey Citizen, once again from Podverse, he's boosting that episode 251. So it sounds like he was doing a little bit of catching up there. He boosted... 69! 69, 69, dudes! Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And then he's got another one, another 69, 69 for episode uh, 252, My Phone's Slow, which we did last Tuesday. Uh, He says, on-chain, off-chain, coke! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, On-chain, off-chain, coke. Appreciate ya. Oh, thank you, Hey Citizen. And uh, 56 minutes ago... Right when we went live, we had a 4260 sats from Harv Hat, which had me scratching my head until three minutes later, 4269 came in from Harv Hat. That's the one that we always look for. He says, correct amount. <laughs> 4269, right when we boost that, uh, or right when we pod ping that live tag, I should say. Yeah, right when the bowl gets lit. That's right. We light up and uh, then, of course, Harv Hat gives us that boost. And it's fantastic stuff. He knows that... Uh, we got this new live son of a bitch going. This is a new live son of a bitch. And when we send out our signal, that signal is well received. We appreciate that. Uh, another bowler that received the signal was Pfeiffer. Woo. He boosted directly from the podcast index, which you can do these days. Pretty fancy. Over at podcastindex.org, you can actually look up any podcast in the index and you can boost it directly if they're value enabled. And he says, LFB. Yeah, let's fucking bowl. Let's fucking bowl. Bang, bang, bang. Also, that number has an ISO that goes with it. Oh, of course, 1821. yes. 1821. Yeah, 1821 is actually code for a... Appreciate you. Uh, 12,300. That's one, two, three, double O out of Fountain from Piranesi. Well, thank you, Piranesi. Very much appreciate that. We then have... Uh, Bowley Steed. <gasps> Bowley, Bowley, Bowley. Steed boosting one, two, three, four, five. All right. Thanks, Bowley. Out of Podverse. And uh, Bowley says, I may be going to my first Bitcoin meetup this week. Yay. <gasps> oh, my goodness. I love it. I love it. Uh, she says, insert Hey Citizen uh, fixing a node song inside of this. Oh, man. She's put me absolutely on the spot. I know I have this thing. Oh, there we go. I'm fixing a node where my sat's coming to get my treasure traveling where it will go. It's working. It's working. (laughs) More node runners. More node runners. You can do it. You can do it. Once you get it up and running, that's that's like the most work is just the initial getting it running and and you spend all your time just learning about what the fuck's going on because that's a big part of like getting it to work. And once it's actually working, you're like, ah, crap, now I need channels, I guess. And then that requires you to talk to other node runners and maybe they give channels to you. Maybe you get channels to them. Maybe we get together, put our heads together, right, and organize a ring of fire. We can cooperatively open some channels between one another, balance them all out for free at the beginning so that we all start with balanced channels. And uh, I always hear talk of balance strategy from new node runners and, oh, what do I do for balance? How do I balance this thing? Oh, I'm uh, 70% of my thing is uh, a remote balance and only 30% is local. Oh, no. 
Um, I other than balancing for rings, I have not balanced in like almost two years now. So liquidity management can be simpler than balancing these channels all the time. In fact, balancing all the time gets quite expensive. So uh, reach out, have a chat, have a chat. If you're starting a new node, especially if you're starting a new node because you've been listening to the shit stain. Let me know. We'll get some channels open. We'll get some other people. There's nodes coming on left and right. It's like a hot time to build a node because uh, I think part of its corn's going back up, so people are jazzed again. People are ready. People are like, ooh, ha, 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 ha. So get at me. We can uh, do this in an organized way, and we can all learn together. And uh, connection is protection, people. What's truer than uh, lightning channels to really directly display that to be a fact? You love it. I fucking love it. Oh, my goodness. Uh, next up, Dirty Jersey Whore. How you doing? Hey. 19,760 sats. All right. Thank you. Out of Fountain, he says, in the bowl, y'all, I'm planning to attend Bitcoin 24. We should plan a meetup for that week. And by we, I mean someone other than me. Y'all be good. <laughs> uh, sign the Dirty Jersey Whore. Hell yeah. We are, uh, we are in uh, early stage negotiations with the gang. To get some serious shit going down at uh, Bitcoin 24 there in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, we're shrewdly planning to try and uh, stuff a panel full of V for V podcasters and music makers. We are uh, also trying to give our brother Booberry a great 33rd birthday, which it will be on, I want to say that Sunday? Of that weekend? Is that right? I'd have to look at the dates. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. The 28th. Yep. Which is part of that weekend. Yeah. That's a Sunday, baby. So, uh, yes. Sunday. The answer The answer is yes. The answer is just show up. We'll tell you when and where. And we'll kick it. And there will be much fun and merriment happening. Guaranteed. We're going to figure it out. We're going to figure it out, man. It's going to be uh, wonderful, lovely, and rad. Uh, Speaking of the goddamn devil himself, uh, 17,776, the extended freedom boost from Boobery. Boobs. Thank you. He's boosting out of Boot CLI. uh, And show some respect. It's actually... Zosobi Booberry, Freak of Hazard, Mothman and the Miniocalypse, and the Horror of Yig. We want to get real technical. It's a real technical show, so, uh, of course. And uh, the Mothman says, these Briscoe ISOs... And I really mean Briscoe ISOs are fucking lit. Also, I too like rocks. And he's got a zip link. Uh-oh. Yeah, I like rocks, though. Yeah. <laughs> sats rocks and rock sats, man. Oh, yeah. That's the best combination. I can't believe you like sats, too. We should hang out. Oh, you remember I never fucking dropped the level on that? Let's do that right now. I can't believe you like sats, too. We should hang out. Okay, that's way better. We do hang out. Goddamn, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm dropping this in a folder that it shouldn't be in, but I'm just on the fly here. So um, that's what we do. How very dare you. That's what we do when we're just on the fly. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm fine. Fill me up. Okay, I'm going to drop one of these. Your head might explode. I don't want your blood on my hands. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, me, oh, my, oh, me, oh, my. Uh, Okay, I have to hear this one, too. Oh, fuck you. Lovely. Okay, those are uh, going to be played with for sure. Oh, fuck, wrong link, he says. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nuts. I was wondering, I was like, uh, this ain't Briscoe. 
Okay, that was supposed to be for Nam. But all right. This is the wrong boost basket. This ain't even the link I boosted. All right. Well, thank you. It's the thought that counts. That's right. <laughs> and the boost, really. I mean, it's the boost that counts, if we're going to be honest. <laughs> uh, but it's the boobs that count most of all. The boobs. And you're the lightest. She's the lightest. Why don't we boost her up? Despite the boobs, mm -hmm. I am somehow still the lightest. Buoyant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then rounding it off for what we have thus far in the evening, four, three, two, one sats, a little countdown sat boost from Net Ned out of Fountain. Ooh. He's bed boosting. Night, Bowler. Night, Net Ned. And thank you for the boost. Ah, Bowler, right on time. Yes, thank you for the boost. Net Ned's in net bed, but still. He's the one doing the boosting. Yeah, you can boost from your bed. This is the technology that we have, people. Boost from the comfort of your own bed. Futuristic. Call yourself Net Ned Boost from your net bed. It's beautiful. And there's simpler ways to give value as well. There are. Besides boosting and being in the chat. Although those are great. You can also make art for the bowl, make jingles. And every week, we have a first time I ever topic that you can participate in by giving us a call. This week, we want to hear about the first time you ever got a chiropractic adjustment. So all you have to do is pick up your phone and... Call 816-607-3663 And the play of voice will That's right. We'll play it and we will not screen it. So anything goes. And if you're voice shy or in a dead zone, you can always text 816-607-3663. We accept picture messages too. Last week, the nudes were rocking it. <laughs> We've, uh, yeah, we had a little battle between the voicemails and the nude, uh, the nude bowlers, the nude DMs sliding in. The voicemails took it by a hair. Although you'd think that the hairs would have it in the other folder, but uh, it just wasn't the case last week. Uh, Booberry, correction boost, another 17776. Oh, thank you, boobs. And he said, shit, rocks are cool. Uh, and he's got the corrected links to the corrected ISOs here. Tell him to get off your rocks. Get off <laughs> the rocks. <laughs> get off the rocks, for crying out loud. I like rocks. I do like rocks and also. Hell yeah. <laughs> Based. Uh, best rocks. Mm. Amen. Fist bump. The rocks that keep on rocking, if you know what I'm saying. I love it. Thank you, Booberry. Thank you. And thank you all the bowlers that uh, chip in and keep us going week after week, bowl after bowl. That's really what Value for Value is all about. It just keeps the thing rolling. It's energy. Can you feel it out there? Can you feel it? I can feel it. We I can feel it. it. We love it, and we love the people. Coming in the air tonight. <laughs> and every night when there's a live show. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love the people. We love you all. Uh, I also love to uh, use this time to kind of slip into the old... Oh, man. Well, I can tell it makes you really want to build a node because, bowlers, I've been getting messages. This is the week. This is the week. Uh, bowlers are building nodes Bowley Steed is only the latest to let us know uh, We also had Hey Citizen Who 
open just open a channel on a cord to the uh, the bowl after bowl raspy, the one that I run over here. And uh, I heard earlier that uh, uh, Dowgen over there at Millennial Media Offensive, also known as John G. Do, is uh, looking for more channels also. So we can kind of collaborate and get some channels open and get balanced all over here. Sweet. And uh, that's how we do it. We do it all together, fixing a node. I'm fixing a node where my sat's coming to get my treasure traveling where it will go. In fact, uh, it's looking like the mempool is slowing down a little bit in terms of the fee rate. We still have almost 200 blocks waiting in the mempool, but the fee rate on them isn't incredibly crazy. There hasn't been a solve for the last 45 minutes, but mm. it's still only 22 sats, 23 sats, something like that to get into the next block per virtual byte, which we've seen much higher fees uh, than that lately. So maybe overnight tonight it cools down even to single digits. Uh, so I might seriously think about either doing it overnight tonight or mm, I, I might open up a couple channels and then uh, also organize a ring of fire. I'm not sure. We'll figure it out. But I'll be sending messages out. And uh, if you're one of those people who also is considering putting together a node but you're just not sure where to start or uh, how to go about it, Send me an email, spencer at bullafterbull.com. I'm ha happy to help point you in several directions to get started and to learn some stuff. There are several cars you can hop in and drive and be on your merry way. And the beautiful, the, the, the most valuable part I found of running a node is you will, by, uh, by the absolute circumstance of putting together a node and running it, you are going to force yourself to learn about how all this shit actually works. And that will arm you with even more knowledge and power going forward. You can be sovereign with your money and be your own uh, be your own bank and payment processor for way cheaper than the traditional financial system wants to uh, charge you. Oh, man. Well, we talked a bit about the Bitcoin block party. That was a great success, like we said. I gave my value for value talk. I think we all recapped that very nicely. But uh, I did want to specifically thank Chris uh, Chris Winsky put it together, and he uh, did a bang-up job yet again. He's always uh, organizing those pretty much single-handedly and getting the event space locked down and making sure all the stuff is in place and inviting all the vendors and letting them know when to set up and where and all of the stuff. Like He really brings it together. So uh, he's been doing them. I think this is the fourth one now. We've had like three summer block parties plus one Blocktoberfest last year, and it's just been killer. Yeah, they've all been awesome. That's another level up, by the way. If you've never vended products, if you have any sort of a side business or main business or any business where you're vending products, if you're a vendor selling goods to the public or services, shit, and you've never tried taking Bitcoin for payment, it's a it's one of those epiphany moments. It's kind of like, whoa, this is actually fucking easy and fast. Lightning fast. Bingo. Faster than swiping a card or digging out change. And then there's no middleman who's, like, tracking me, asking me questions, uh, holding my deposit for three days, 
uh, waiting until I have a minimum to withdraw it. None of that. It just goes directly to me and the shit I run from them and their wallet. Like, what could be better? That's the simplest way. And I think it gets lost often uh, that that's kind of the whole purpose. That was the original intent of Bitcoin in the first place. Bitcoin is not some dumbass token stock thing that you buy low and sell high of. That was never the fucking original intent. That's not the purpose of it. That's not what it's for. That is largely how most of it moves from place to place, and it has been that way for uh, at least a decade, kind of the main use of it. But, you know, if you read the Bitcoin white paper, the whole thing opens with a block paragraph and uh, a little abstract. And the abstract says a purely peer-to-peer version of electronic cash would allow online payments to be sent directly from one party to another without going through a financial institution. That's the first sentence of the Bitcoin white paper. That's the whole point. That is the most prominent point and the whole purpose. Value exchange, person to person, no financial institution, peer to peer online. And that's what we're doing here with podcasting 2.0. And that's what we're doing with decentralized music. And that's what we do at the Bitcoin block parties. It just feels so right. It feels like this is the whole point. This is the purpose exchanging value it's not a fucking day trader speculation tool it's it's the ability to trade value without middlemen direct peer-to-peer nobody can stop this nobody can tell me oh no no you know those people are problematic so you probably can't send them no sats okay no no it's my value and i can do with it whatever is valuable to me and it's your value and you can do whatever is valuable to you so um just getting involved in vending products or um, kind of any one of these different use cases that are actually fulfilling that original vision Satoshi had of uh, allowing online payments just sent directly from one party to another without any financial institution. It always feels so good. feels like you're sticking your dick right in that fucking eyeball in that pyramid. So sovereign. Yes. Um, the next KCB Bitcoin meetup is going to be this Wednesday at the bar. That would be tomorrow night if you're listening live or tonight if you're listening to this tomorrow. Think about that for a second. This isn't the right audience to pull that kind of shit, is it? I'm like, what, man? Well, it's like Thursday means it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Where am I? June 28th uh, is when it is. And uh, you're going to want to get down to the bar in Mission. You know the bar. Right by the Salvation Army. There is a bar named the Bar in Mission, and that's where it's going to be. Uh, 6 p.m., I want to say. 6 p.m. is the uh, start time. Yes, that's right. I'm looking at it right now at kcbitcoiners.com, and it is going to be at 6 p.m. Wednesday, June 28th. So uh, hope to see you there. We will be uh, making harmless fun of NFT fans uh, that we mean no harm to i promise we love you we just uh want to poke fun at uh certain things that's all that's all um in the larger news and by larger i just kind of mean more macro don't really necessarily mean that uh, it matters more because of course we lead with the important stuff like all of our actual friends getting nodes and uh, our casey bitcoiners uh events but 
uh, I just came across this new release. Bolts Web has released a web app. Or excuse me, Bolts has released a web app, I should say. Uh, Bolts is new on my radar. I feel like I've heard this in casual conversation, but I didn't really understand what was being talked about. They're a privacy-first, non-custodial Bitcoin exchange and Lightning service provider. So they can provide liquidity. They can provide uh, swaps. Swaps basically mean if you have too much on-chain and you need to get it off-chain or vice versa, you can swap off-chain to on-chain sets. Um, They also have features that interact with the liquid side chain, which I have done very little with in certain video games, but I haven't really kind of dug in and wrapped my brain around what is actually going on with the uh, liquid side chain of Bitcoin. It's kind of a different layer two than lightning hmm. is my, is my limited understanding of it, but exactly how it works and what the protocol is. I'm not 100% sure, but this looks pretty based because, um, it is a kind of a privacy first exchange. And uh, I think that their liquid swaps you can do via an onion domain. So there are a lot of uh, cool privacy forward use cases there. And also they can help set you up with some uh, lightning liquidity. And you can install it as a progressive web app for some Apple App Store censorship resistance, which is always nice. Uh, speaking of resisting the App Store censorship, oh man. Uh, oh we, man. Oh man. We had uh, the story last week that uh, Domus was going to be removed in two weeks from the Apple App Store. Uh, just yesterday, the story broke that Domus is about to be removed from Apple's App Store as mutilated version 1.5 gets rejected. Mm. And the mutilated uh, app they're talking about is they bent the knee and removed zaps directly to notes oh, that's right and, and it uh, still got rejected so Domus tweeted yesterday looks like we are getting removed from the app store even after updating our app to make it clear that yeah. no digital content is getting unlocked when users are tipped don't bend the knee so basically apple says oh you're violating violating our app store policy because you're not allowed to pay for digital content outside of an in-app purchase and you know Domus is like no 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 that's not what's happening they're not paying to unlock content. No one is buying content. It's just tips on each note. Yeah. Users are only ever tipped after posts are made. The idea that content is being sold is nonsense. We will be filing an appeal as this guideline is clearly being abused and misapplied. Well, today, new story, Domus version 1.5 with removed note zaps approved on the App Store. So oh. uh, still a bit uh, mutilated, a little chopped off at the knee because you can no longer zap notes directly but that's what you get with your iphone people that's what you get within the apple ecosystem uh you have to say please daddy if you want to do anything and uh if they decide that you have to change your app you have to say yes daddy and that's how apple works there's no kind of uh way around that i mean there are really sort of extreme measure ways but Fuck that. For your uh, average user that we're always hand-wringing about, because, you know, we want the normies in here so bad for some reason. Uh, Yeah. You're fucked. Mm. So that's uh, the Domus update. At least they're still in there. You can still zap people's uh, profile directly. So at least there's that. But, you know, if you see a great post, then you got to go into the profile to zap. So a little extra. little extra. What can we do about it, man? 
that's uh that's Apple. That's why you can't have nice things. I wouldn't bend the knee at all. That's what I would do about it. I'd say, well, fuck you, Apple. Agree. We so, don't need well, to work together. Well, I guess you have to go to this onion link if you want to if you want to fuck with it. Uh, Ledger Recover white uh, technical white paper released. Ooh, uh, Ledger tried to kind of save face with oh. the big fallout of the uh, Recover program by offering uh, a white paper describing the whole process, the whole Recover service. Uh, it's, it's nice that they did it, but it doesn't really alleviate the key concerns, mainly being that if there's a ledger recover service, then ledger can recover your keys, right. which means they have access to your private keys, which really negates the whole purpose of a cold storage solution in the first place. The reason that you would want to cold store your Bitcoin is, I don't know, maybe you have a lot of it, or maybe you want to protect it, uh, as much as possible. And so what you do is you get a hardware device, a hardware signing device that holds your private key on a uh, device that is not connected to the internet, and it is air-gapped. That's what they call it. Well, if Ledger has a recover service, uh, basically that means if you lose your key or if your device is destroyed or some stuff like this, uh, you can just call Ledger up and go, hey, I'm in trouble. And they go, oh, no worries. Here's your key right here. You can restore your wallet. We've got it. Huh? <laughs> so if they've got it. Then they've always got it. Then they've always got it. That means yeah. you have to trust them to not fuck you. And fuck that. Which is, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like, uh, are they going to rug people? Mm, I think it would be a very bad move to do so. But the beauty about a real cold wallet a real cold storage solution is that you don't have to wonder. You don't have to worry. You don't have to trust anybody. Yeah, it's you trustless. Go, instead of going, well, Ledger would never rug me, you go, oh, I can't be fucking rugged. Yeah, Ledger might not rug you, but what if someone else got into their information? Pre precisely. Yeah? Someone else will rug you for sure. You have another attack vector that you don't have any control over. You know, I can't go and make sure that Ledger has awesome security. I don't even know where that is, you know? Yeah. So I know where you know all my stuff is, and that's what I like to keep it. So I don't know. Who do I trust? Me. Bingo. Prime trust. Speaking of trust, <laughs> I know that uh, Bully Steed was excited to hear some prime trust fail. Uh, the latest on prime trust. So uh, for those who are haven't keep uh, been keeping up on this debacle, prime trust is, or I should say, was probably one of the most popular custodians of uh, Bitcoin. They are, as far as I know, still the custodial uh, Bitcoin holder and processor for Fold. They were the, I, I want to say they were in Strike. They were definitely in a few other uh, apps. Um, a couple of weeks back, there was a letter of intent signed for them to be bought out, which right when I saw the story, I rolled my eyes. It, it harkened back to when CZ of Binance signed a letter of intent to buy FTX. And I really get the feeling these days that these letters of intent, when companies are struggling, are really more for the purposes of like over-curious CEOs to go over and peek at how fucked a company actually is just to kind of see how big of a short <laughs> call to put on them. Uh, because it was two days later, maybe. Uh, maybe closer to like 36 hours that they were like, nah, nope, not going to do it. <laughs> so now the story breaking today is that uh, Prime Trust is placed into receivership 
and they lost $82 million of customer funds. Very nice. Good work. What could be, uh, what could be wrong? Receivership, by the way, I had never heard of this term because I'm not a, a fintech bro. I just do Bitcoin stuff, but I don't really know a lot of finance shit. Uh, receivership is basically, um, well, we have a, we have a dictionary definition, the state of an enterprise being placed under the control of a trustee, usually when it can't meet its financial obligations. So this is kind of like a soft bankruptcy or it's like how to try and avoid bankruptcy Mm. when you're in trouble and underwater. Uh, if you have a receivership in place, it's a little easier for a lender to obtain a funds owed to them. If a borrower defaults on a loan, for instance, uh, it can also occur during restructuring to try and kind of turn things around and get profitable again uh, or to settle a dispute. There's a lot of different reasons, but essentially when you put it into a receivership, you're, uh, the court is basically appointing uh, this receivership for an extra tool to assist this company in getting their ass back out of the lava. So mm, mm, hurts hurts everybody dropped them like a bad habit over the last month who was using them except i think fold still has that i don't know the last time i pulled stuff out of fold i didn't have to do the uh extra triple triple confirmation that i usually have to do through prime trust so i'm wondering if they don't have uh prime trust going on as well oh yes as bully steed points out they were the default swan custodian or uh as well Swan, mm. Swan dropped them like a bad habit, too. So bad days for them. Bad days for them. Uh, let's big see. Big oofs. Big oofs, big oofs. Yeah, that's, I don't know. That's the, the whole shit stain. That's what's going on. Oh, I had a little shit stain story I saw. All right. Week. Lay it on me. BlackRock believes that 33 is the charm as it applies to sell a spot Bitcoin ETF after 32 prior attempts met failure at the SEC. Oh, my God. (laughs) So what you're saying is this is a... uh, Top three, 33. All right. It is. Holy moly. But I'm not in finance either, so uh, the headline's really all I brought. (laughs) Wow. 33 is the charm. Man, if it... Uh, you know, fails once, fails twice, just keep going. 33 times, sure to work. If at first you don't succeed, try 32 more times. Yes, because then at least you'll get a headline and people will be talking about you. Biggity boom, yep. But what's an ETF? Like, uh, some market shit. <laughs> yes, it's essentially like it allows you to trade Bitcoin without actually buying the Bitcoin. It's... Yeah. um. Ugh. It's all right. I didn't it mean stands to put for exchange traded fund, and so it's basically like an investment security. And uh, like I said, man, I'm really not a financial yeah. guy, so the ins and outs of it. There's I'm, that fag talk again. Exactly. I could try to talk about it, but I'm just going to sound like even more fucking retarded than I usually sound. Uh, but essentially, just it, why you would want to sp- ETF Bitcoin is beyond me. Just buy Bitcoin. Right. What the fuck is the point of an ETF? The point of an ETF is to offload all the risk and to get the SEC to bless you and kiss your balls and say, oh, yes, you can run an ETF on Bitcoin. And uh, basically they they track different things like uh, indexes, sectors, commodities. So like 
you can have an ETF on the Dow Jones. You can have an ETF on on whatever. Um, but BlackRock would be holding the Bitcoin. Right. I don't even, uh, frankly, I don't even, I'm so dumb that I don't understand how it happens that I don't even know if there has to be Bitcoin involved, mm. to be perfectly honest with you. I get it. It could just literally it's, be about the value or something. It's like it. paper Bitcoin, right? It's like, oh, this is, uh, this represents Bitcoin or something. I don't know. Yeah, Harv Hat in the chat said, gambling on the price. Yes. Yes. It's more number go burr, but with less Bitcoin involved. So it's like maybe, even maybe it's, no Bitcoin involved. It's just even USD. it's even dumber than just day trading Bitcoin itself. It's even dumber than that, which is already dumb. Now, there's people who know how to do it and can make themselves a sweet profit. And uh, congratulations to those people. I I'm not being sarcastic at all when I say I'm happy for you. And that's cool. that You can, can just grow your stack and you can just sit there and trade. That's cool. I've met people who do that. And, uh, you know. If if you can make a living doing that, like that's fantastic. You're just buying low and selling high and whatever. But to do it on uh, this kind of extra removed layer where you don't even have the coin, I just I I hate it. Yeah, well, and whenever I hate you the see, idea of it, it makes me squirm. You see the name BlackRock, and it's like, oh yeah, scary music plays in your head. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Makes me say. <laughs> Well, speaking of the magic number this week, this wasn't a headline, but just an interesting point I wanted to bring up because I brought the Titan to the lanes last bowl, and of course that imploded when I went down to see the Titanic. Yeah, like a Dr. Pepper can. Yeah, well, turns out that the movie director, James Cameron, has completed 33 submersible dives to the Titanic wreck. Well, I'll be darned. It didn't implode on him. He must have known what he was doing all 33 times. Yeah, he did accuse the company of cutting corners, though. But <laughs> Oh, they're cutting corners, but I'll use them 33 times. I saw him doing hmm. some kind of post-mortem interview after the news leaked that the guys were fucked. And uh, he was like, yeah, we knew they were screwed the whole time. We didn't like say anything because we didn't want to. It was really weird, actually, the language he was using. Because he was saying, like, we didn't want to... Uh, go against the media narrative or whatever. Like we didn't want to cause more like controversy or cause a, a conflicting thing. But basically he said the same thing that we said, having known absolutely fucking nothing about submarines or submersibles or, uh, the Titanic itself. Really? I mean, um, other than what we've been told in history classes, right? <laughs> I, like when I was in the gifted program, I made a little diorama, a little working diorama of the Titanic out of construction paper, and there was like rocks in the construction paper, a little pea gravel. And uh, basically I built the iceberg out, and I built the little water, and then the ship itself was construction paper, pre-busted in half. And so I just like recreated the Titanic breaking in half and sinking in this little <laughs> diorama. And uh, there was a hole cut out in the back so I could flash like an SOS light as it was breaking up and sinking. And nice. that's the extent of my Titanic knowledge. But uh, to go back to my original point, I'm sorry, I'm a little lost in the weeds here. Right when we heard that there was banging every 30 minutes, supposedly, we were like, bullshit. Like, yeah. that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Bullshit. They're just keeping the story going. And that's what James Cameron said, too. He was like, well, you know, we knew that was bullshit. We knew there was no way that they were, he said, the moment 
that the signal was lost to the little PlayStation controller you were talking about. He said we knew they were toast at that moment. And mm-hmm. he was on with some other uh, deep sea uh, explorer guy. But he couldn't uh, uh, release the load yeah, he before couldn't. the media was going to because it was a distraction on so many levels. Yes. So yeah. they had to keep the people in suspense with the story while they worked out what they had to do. I mean, we had like the Hunter Biden thing going on. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's gross. Yeah, basically... Uh, his masters said, no, no, you can't counter this narrative yet. We'll tell you when you can. And then, I mean, the second that they were like, oh, yeah, uh, bros are dead, he was on there being like, yeah, we knew the whole time. <laughs> Isn't that sick? It's astounding. It's like uh, the curtain's not even there anymore, you no. know? It's just the wizard twisting the knobs, standing there butt-ass naked, and everybody's like, you know we can see you, right? Like, Yeah, and then they throw the 33 in there. I know. Oh, I've been down there 33 times. Exactly. Spooky. Okay. Cool. It, it It's flabbergasting. Yeah. We also had a murderer in a Topeka prison die at the age of 33 this week. Wow. Of course, there's an investigation ongoing because you're in the care of the state, so it has to be looked into. Sure. Uh, Literally no details. If it was suicide or if he got shanked, whatever. But he was accused of killing a man in 2014 in a drive-by shooting and may have also been involved with the shooting of a woman just hours after she was married around the same time. Horrible. Yeah. He had three drug possession charges on top of it, misdemeanor interfering with law enforcement on a separate case, and a federal gun crime because he was a felon in possession, which I hate. If you're an American, you should be allowed to have guns, in my opinion, but this isn't my America, so. (laughs) Yes. And yeah, 33 and dead. Mm. Bad news. But interesting story, and I wonder if they'll ever tell people what actually happened. Or if it'll just fall to the wayside. I have uh, my doubts. Same. Same. I don't think they really like talking about that. Well, do you want a bonus 33 story? I'm sorry, was that their last one? No. Okay. Uh, but I would like a bonus. Give it to me now. Well, your bonus 33 story that just popped up my ra- on my radar is that uh, the Nationals are playing the Mariners, and it's currently tied 3-3 three to three at the bottom of the 7th. Wow, are the Nationals the Redskins? No, that's football. No, the Nationals are the uh, baseball team. Baseball? Mm-hmm. Have they always been the Nationals? Uh, they're a newer team, newer-ish <laughs> team. But now you're trying to I'm not a sports about, uh, ball fan, man, but 3-3, three to three, that's pretty cool. I follow some baseball kind of at a distance. Hey, those Royals, man, they're having a hard time. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I know. They're an expansion team that uh, has been around for a little while. I can kind of keep up with the home team. Kind of. But it's never front (laughs) of butt for me. Not this year, because why? Yeah, well, you know. Uh, Okay, they've been around a long time. Ah. But they moved to D.C. in 05. Oh, it's a Washington, D.C., not Washington State. Yes, that's correct. Same with the Redskins, by the way. Wow. Did not know, but now yeah. I do. So they're the they're the team that used to be the Expos, okay, Montreal Expos. Hmm. But you know, Canadians in baseball. Eh. Yeah. 
It's America's pastime. This I do know. Mm-hmm. I also know that researchers are predicting a 33% smaller dead zone in the Chesapeake Bay this summer. Ooh. That would be the smallest on record if they're right. Of course, you know, no one has a crystal ball. Um, but they're pointing mostly to the lack of rainfall. And so what a dead zone is, is, you know, the algae comes and it grows and it blooms, and then that removes the oxygen from the water when it dies off, which creates what they call dead zones, which is just an area with low oxygen where organisms have a hard time living and you will never find fish in it. But perhaps this year, the dead zone will be 33% smaller. Fingers crossed. Love that. I love when they just put... The 33%, it's like, yeah, we could say it'll be like two-thirds smaller. No. No, 33%. You got to have the 33. It's only one-third smaller. Yeah. Oh, it's just fun, the way they stretch for these headlines. And finally, in India, they reported a single-day rise of 33 COVID-19 cases. Now, I thought this would be COVID-23. But that's just me. I can't believe we're still talking about COVID-19. It hasn't evolved or expanded or whatever. It's just just such a lame, boring narrative. It's so not trendy. Yeah. COVID-19. And I saw this headline and I said, oh, no, not again. But they tagged it with, well, this is the lowest single-day rise of cases in 24-hour period. So it's like a low point for them. 33 cases. Weirdness. Whereas here, of course, this might be the whole country of India in which, yes, that seems pretty low. But (laughs) they mentioned in the article that the recovery rate is 98.81%. Damn near 99% recovery rate. That's from the COVID. No shocker here. Mm -hmm. Pretty high. And they also mentioned that in that same 24-hour period, 359 vaccines were administered. (laughs) which is a fucking high number. And, you know, they push the boosters in there. It's still going around, so make sure that you're safe and effectively jabbed. Yeah. I just want to make sure that I'm behind the curtain. That is what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Afro Man was in the news again. Oh? I thought it would be an update on his lawsuit, but it wasn't. He got detained at the Canadian border. You know what for? Weed? (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) But specifically, a weed lotion. Like a pain lotion. what the fuck? Come on, man. Because, you know, he was crossing back into upstate New York, and then he got to the inspection zone, and the feds found $10,000 in cash on him, which he declared. And I think that's the max number of cash you can declare when coming into a country or whatever so he did it right i think that's right and uh an insignificant personal amount of weed that's how they worded it he said that all the rest of his weed he gave to his fans and the housekeepers at his hotel but he forgot about this lotion and so they detained him for five hours and fined him five hundred dollars for the lotion what a bunch of lames they probably took it too and he also had some edibles some gummies on him and he got a $500 fine for that also but they're they said, probably over there in the evidence locker like beating each other off with it right now I'm sure they would just jizzing all over themselves for that for sure yeah they didn't say if it was I mean I'm kind of assuming it's a CBD lotion 
but CBD is 50 state legal. That's what the kid at so, the shop keeps telling me. Ah, uh, it doesn't make any sense. I've heard of like trans, I know the transdermal patches for THC. Those just, are nice. But THC lotion, I have not heard of. They just shake that brother down every time he's trying to go ignorant. anywhere, man. He's a, he's a soft target. Yes. Let's be real. It's Afro, man. You're like, I know he's got weed. It's Afro motherfucking M-A-N. So, yeah. They said, well, we didn't arrest anyone because it was such a small amount of nugs on him. But we sure find him and searched his butthole. Yeah, we got a thousand bucks and his time, which is the most valuable thing they took from him. Yeah. Dude's getting old, man. <sighs> Assholes. He doesn't have a lot of five-hour chunks left, you know? Just, like, leave him alone and stuff. Seriously. We've got a presidential election coming up. Oh, boy. And, you know, candidates are stumping. They're getting stumped. Sounds more like it. In the case of Governor Ron DeSantis, who was in South Carolina this week. And someone decided to ask him about weed. And I just really love the pivot he pulls here. So I'm going to play it for you. And I'm all here glory. on behalf for a request for a couple of broken veterans. Veterans with service-connected disease, illness, and injury, and we are saying, please, please, will you decriminalize marijuana in 2025? I don't think we would do that, but I think what I've done in Florida is uh, we have a, a medical program through our Constitution that the voters did, uh -huh. and so the veterans who are in those situations in Florida, you know, they're actually allowed access. It's very controversial, because obviously there's some people that abuse it and are using it recreationally, but I will say this, nationally um, or, or even on the local level, um, you know, this stuff is very powerful now that they're putting on the street. And when these kids do it, it's really bad for the youth. And I just think we have to be, be very united as a society. We want our kids to stay clear of drugs and we don't want to do policies that's going to make it have easier access uh, for them. You don't even know what they're putting in some of this stuff now because you have things like fentanyl that can wind oh, up. Oh, God. So if you do something with that, it could be good night uh, right then and there. And you could die just by ingesting that. So, so I think that that's problematic. I think that we have, um, uh, we have too many people using, using drugs in this country right now. I think it hurts our workforce readiness. <laughs> I think it hurts people's ability uh, to prosper in life. And just, just from me, my experience growing up in, in, in the Tampa Bay area in Florida, the kids in high school that got involved in that, that I went with, you know, all suffered. All their activities, all their grades, and everything like that. So particularly for the youth, uh, I just think we have to be united. Incidentally, my wife, the First Lady of Florida, she Here's has a, a program where we go into the schools now, and we've got athletes and people that have, that have endorsed, and it's called Your Facts, Your Future, but it's explaining to these kids what are the stakes of using uh, some of these drugs nowadays. And oh, now they're drug explaining. You want to mess around with. You don't know what they're putting in this stuff. And we need this to educate stuff. the kids. Yeah, we're going to stop fentanyl or work, you know, do the border, all that. And you got to fight the supply, put the <laughs> dealers in prison for a long time. But you also got to work on demand and you also have to work on treatment for people once they get addicted. And we've actually done that in Florida too. Uh, we have an opioid recovery network uh, that we started. We now have it in 17 counties. Uh, when people go in and they get the support they need, the relapse rate has been less than 10%, which is really, really Are you good. coming to a point, so Bowler? we're going to continue doing things like that. Wow. Jesus, he yammered on about that. Isn't that gross? So The most tired-ass fucking talking points of 
that I've heard too many times. It's the most boomer shit ever. First, I want to say, DeSantis needs to work on putting his mouth up against the fucking microphone. Yeah, it like kept cutting out and shit. That yes. was awful. And it wasn't, I know it wasn't on your cord because uh, I'm looking at the levels and stuff. It's horrible. The original audio. Embarrassing. Yes. Second of all, this is someone coming to you for veterans who have an extremely high suicide rate. They're looking for relief. Weed gives them that relief. And you fucking yammer on about fentanyl, what they're trying to get away from, the opioids. You're going on about opioids. Well, give them the avenue with legal weed, decriminalized weed. They ask for decriminalized, you know? They just don't want to be put in jail for a fucking plant. Well, somebody needs to tell Ron DeFaggot that what they're putting in this stuff, it's a fucking seed dipshit, and everything in there is from God. So fuck you. Exactly. As soon as he shifted to this stuff, you just knew he wasn't talking about weed anymore. What a fucking asshole, dude. So stay... This is like one of the most offensive answers to a veteran I've ever heard. Seriously. I was perplexed. Per-fucking-plexed. To shift from weed to the opioid epidemic. Someone needs to pass uh, Ron DeSantis a fucking joint that has fentanyl in it. And it'd be the first joint on record that ever happened with. Seriously. And it would probably just combust and nothing would happen also. Fucking most retarded shit. what do I know? Ugh, ticked me off. I'm pretty sure I won't be voting in the presidential election. Oh my god, yeah. If they're asking me to pick between uh, this dipshit and the dusty dusty man. man, Yeah, what's the point of that? No, I I don't play games where I only can lose anymore. I think that that's... uh, it's just a, it's just a bad idea to play a game you can only lose. You don't want to pick the lesser of the evils? Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't play the fucking evil team at all. Yeah. So, I think that if enough people just said, "You know what? It's all irrelevant. Fuck off. Fuck you." I'm just ignoring it all. Well, I mean, what like, what the can they do? It's like the ants and the grasshoppers, man, in Bugs Life. What's the deal here? Mm. Everybody's just like I don't know. Drunken on SSRIs and uh, addicted to sports gambling just enough that uh, just go along with whatever. Yeah. Less, the lesser two eagles thing is just like a fucking age-old Pepsi Coke march through hell. How do you think we got here in the first place? Well. One compromise at a time till you're fucked in the ass. Exactly. And speaking of getting fucked in the ass, the FDA has issued... It's first draft guidance on clinical trials with psychedelic drugs. And this came two days after bipartisan lawmakers filed a bill directing them to do such a thing. So I don't know if it's just been like waiting on the back burner for a cue hmm. or if they were like, oh, hippity hoppity, better get to it. <laughs> yeah. Because the FDA doesn't usually get around to doing things like that. And yeah. the bill would have given them 180 days to get around to doing exactly what they just did. So it was a weird, weird timeline there. Yeah, usually we're like seeing legislation passes and it's like you have 180 days and then like on day 230 they're like, well, we're getting to it. Exactly. So the purpose of the draft guidance is to advise researchers on how to design their studies and other considerations hmm. that the FDA thinks they should uh, put front of butt, top of mind, as they develop 
medications containing psychedelics because we'll never get plant medicine. We're not allowed to do that. We have to bypass the plant medicine and put it into pill form. Safe and effective pills. Yeah. Extract molecules. Yeah, or mi- mimic so can, molecules. So we can yeah. patent them. Yeah, yeah. Come up with something in the lab that looks the same under Fake a microscope. THC in the dronabinol. Because surely the magic is just in the shape of the fucking uh, carbon chains themselves. It's not in the actual growing and loving of the plants. God, these people are so fucking pathetic. Well, and don't you think the plants are a little too accessible to the people? Oh, yeah, well, you know... Because you could stick a seed in some it, dirt and grow it? It sucks for a lot of reasons. You can't patent it. It's it's directly from God, so, like, that doesn't help the side of evil. Um, it's decentralized, so, like, people could just grow it on their own without permission. Uh, it's very problematic. Yeah, and once they get the medicines, then it's patented to the point where you can't do anything <laughs> with the plant medicine when it gets legalized or decriminalized. It's like, oh, sorry, we're the FDA, and we already gave approval to this as a drug with the drug patent, so now it can't be a food or supplement, so you're just out of the game, bud. It's gross. I mean, look at CBD. It's the most evil shit. I feel like even though hemp is 50-state legal and CBD from hemp should have that same thing, I feel like they're going to start cracking down on CBD stuff pretty I soon. I can feel the fucking evil. Yeah, more raids. Raids will continue. So, you know, they outline here ideas for trial conduct, data collection, subject safety, and the new drug application requirements. And, of course, they mention that, oh, some of these psychedelics you're going to look at, like LSD are Schedule 1. So you're going to have to go through this complex registration process with the DEA to obtain those psychedelics for your study purposes, which I think it's hilarious that the alphabet soup that fights against people getting their hands on certain substances are the ones that you would go to to get them if you are kissing the right balls and filling out the right forms and at the right university doing the studies. Exactly. It's just gross. And then, you know, look at the fentanyl epidemic. (laughs) Where's that coming from? We did have a story a few bowls ago about a woman who happened to work at a police station that was importing fentanyl and selling it. So Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's always on the inside, right? Yeah. It's the total capture of the whole system. Exactly. The war on drugs is just like this, you know, created, orchestrated thing that they've got going on, and it's a great moneymaker and a good way to uh, get rid of people. Yeah. But mostly a great moneymaker for the system. So, yeah, and then they mention in here, I love this line, psychedelics produce psychoactive effects which gives them higher abuse potential. Just because? Just because. That's why they're Schedule 1. God damn it. THC, (laughs) man, psychoactive. That's something you could abuse, slave. Uh, Not like our prescription pills. Exactly. Exactly where my mind went. You start losing weight, and then, like, your organs stop functioning, and you could, like, bleed out your asshole and maybe die. I'm I'm sick of hearing myself say it. That's why I just like take a deep breath because yeah, yeah, yeah. Only it's only okay to have psychoactive substances that take your brain over and have high potential for abuse if they're patented and you're paying fucking Bayer to eat it. Otherwise, it's very bad. Right. It just dangerous. Depends. Think of the youth. 
this kind of goes back to DeSantis's thing too. He was like, well, drug dealers need to go to jail. Well, only certain drug dealers, right? Only the Correct. ones that live in your neighborhood or yeah. whatever, because big pharma, well, the, everyone there is protected and they're the biggest drug dealers that I know. The poor ones that don't have a lab coat. That's the ones that we need to lock up. The ones without a license. The ones that aren't paying their cut to the fucking mafia known as the FDA. Yep. So that's disheartening, but Hey, here's kind of a silly story in a new term that oh. came out of California. Okay. And I've got a clip to play. I don't know if you want to, Tune it down a little because DeSantis was so quiet. This one might be better. The LAPD has busted all sorts of illicit drug labs, but this one may take the pie. North Hollywood officers say you won't find pizzas inside these pizza boxes. Instead, you'll find illegally made cannabis concentrates. The police says what appears to be a pizza parlor from the street was secretly a super lab where THC honey oil was manufactured. Super lab. The now shuttered business was operating in the 7300 block of Radford Avenue in California. Such labs need safety permits to operate legally. Illicit labs have been known to cause explosions and fires. Officers say this pizza lab business won't be making any more deliveries. I love this term super lab. Super lab. It's a yeah. super lab. Man. Oh, it makes me very scared. I know people who had super labs in their house, man. Fucking just whipping up some butane, butane into some blood. Yeah. Like, you just need this. Yeah. Super lab. I won't go into it, but you, it's most a, of <laughs> the items you need to make honey oil, you have in your house. Yeah. And then you need butane. And yeah, you got to know what you're doing when you're handling butane. Correct. (laughs) No smoking. Like a lot of things. Yeah, of course. Gas stove. (laughs) Yeah. So, super lab. Super labs have been known to explode and kill the children. Yeah, and they showed, the. it was just uh, pictures in this report of police officers holding pizza boxes, but they were all closed and they never showed the product. And that kind of bummed me out. Isn't that convenient? I wanted to see the oil. Yeah, I know, because then I'm like, is this... All bullshit? Is this just a photo op? They called up I'm fucking uh, <laughs> the uh, Papa Leotori's downtown. They were like, hey, can you give me a bunch of pizza delivery boxes? <laughs> we got a news crew coming out. Yeah, exactly. We got to make our bus look bigger. I'm so cynical. Oh, me too, man. So There's only so many times you can have the wool pulled over your eyes before you realize, like, probably everything is bullshit, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, and especially when pizza comes into play. <laughs> And it's very suspicious. Oh, man. Yeah. uh, The trick basically is to not use your eyes. Use your nose. Don't use your eyes, bully. Use your nose. You smell that? Smell the bullshit from a mile away. (laughs) Yeah. It stinks. (laughs) Kind of like this next story. Uh Uh-oh. Get a load of this one. I have another clip. More than two weeks after an arrest for marijuana possession landed him in jail without bond, Tammy Milligan's son is set to go home. I'm a single mother, and all I know how to do is keep fighting for my boys. We reported on 20-year-old Jawan Battle's arrest on Wednesday and his mother's push to reverse what she called an unfair bond decision. They put attention on this jail that they didn't want. On Friday, Battle's attorney met with the prosecutor who agreed to set bond at $7,500. 
man, I can't even explain how I feel right now. Like, I'm floating. Prosecutors weren't involved with the original bond decision, but worked with attorney Robert Booker to set a new bond. Gwinnett County Police arrested Battle and two friends on June 7th when they found three ounces of marijuana and a scale in the car. Battle told police the ounce of marijuana in his bag was for personal use. The two others have court-appointed attorneys and remain in jail because a judge said they were all risks of committing additional felonies. They don't deserve to be in there behind weed, marijuana cases as well. Milligan says her son made a mistake and doesn't argue with the arrest, just how the punishment didn't fit the crime for someone with no prior convictions. And you want to hold them like they committed murder. Now, it's unclear the circumstances for the other two friends that are still in jail, but relatives are working to try to get them out as well. Yeah, this dude is 20 years old. First time getting caught with some weed, an ounce. You know, three between three people in one scale, and they put them in jail with no bond. That's incredible. It's fucked up is what it is, and I feel like there should be some sort of lawsuit they can bring against that. That is not how things are supposed to work. Ugh. Well. <laughs> and this is Georgia, mm. if I uh, didn't say that already. Yeah, that's not surprising. Yeah. And 20. Again, like, this is before the recreational adult use age that's been implemented everywhere of 21. Even though you're an adult when you're 18, you can die in war, but you can't have some pot. It's so stupid. And then the judge is like, well, they're a felony risk. Oh, d- how dare they have some plant matter on them? Oh, my God. Pass it to others and maybe make some money off of it or use it for themselves yeah. because it helps. No, can't do that. Yeah. In Florida, an officer firing uh, was backed in a medical weed case. The state Appeals court upheld the firing of this Department of Corrections officer who was using medical weed. Um, And, you know, the court pointed to federal law because weed is federally illegal and his job requirement to use guns. You can't smoke weed and use guns legally. No. (laughs) So he failed a random drug test in 2021, which led to his firing under their, of course, zero tolerance policy. Love those random drug tests. But, you know, that's, I guess, what you get for being a fed of any sort. Bingo. In Louisiana, Governor John Bell Edwards signed a bill on medical weed license transferability and pharmacy satellite locations. So, hey, you can pick up your weed script at the pharmacy. Isn't that a great place to get your weed from? A guy in a white lab coat with all the pills and shit that Big Pharma's hawking to you? They're trying to make weed finally be a gateway drug, aren't they? (laughs) Yes. Uh, The governor also signed that first possession expungement bill that we talked about last bowl, where if you get caught with some weed and it's your first offense, it'll get expunged 90 days later. And after you filled out a form and such. So. Yeah, you got to go through the proper channels. Yeah, it's not automatic. In Maryland, recreational use in possession goes into effect Saturday. Uh, Their law there is 21 plus. You can possess one and a half ounces or 12 grams of concentrates, although it's limited at 10 milligrams a dose for adult use 
users users of weed. And it says that if you're a medical patient in the medical database with the card, you can get higher uh, doses so in the edibles. Yeah, so high. So high. There's also a 9% sales tax on that recreational pot. And if you are an adult, you're supposedly only allowed to grow two plants per household, whereas medical patients can grow a whopping four. That's so stupid. Who's enforcing it? I don't fucking know. Probably no one. <laughs> yeah, the same guy that enforced it before all this bullshit ran out. Yeah. Uh, you know, or came into fruition. At least in the show me state that you're like, hey, register your plants so that we can come inspect your grow. And then they've got some people that they can enforce because they signed away their rights and have a tracking card on their plants. <laughs> thank Little God. Tag. <laughs> thank God for them making a smoke screen. That's all I got to yeah. say. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't it be nice to just be able to grow any plant you want? That would be cool. Uh, freedom. Yeah, freedom. Like we were promised. In the uh, all the songs and textbooks and shit, that would be kind of cool. Yeah, in the Freedom. Constitution, it sounds pretty cool to me. Sounds like what God wanted. Indeed, in Minnesota, freedom is top of mind for some activists there who saw that there's a piece of the state constitution, uh, and I'd like to quote it for you. It says. No license required to peddle. Any person may sell or peddle the products of the farm or garden occupied and cultivated by him without obtaining a license therefore. Kick ass. So they're saying that home growers should be able to sell their weed. Yeah, based in peddle Without pilled. a license. State constitution. I love this. Yeah. I love this. And this constitutional amendment dates back to 1903 when marijuana was legal and hemp was grown everywhere. And uh, in this story, this farmer named Peter Jensen got in trouble for selling his leftover melons from the market he had attended while riding his wagon home to passerbys. You know, this cop saw him and was like, hey, you can't just sell your melons anywhere. Find him 10 bucks. And that fine was upheld by a judge and the Supreme Court. And two years later, a House representative by the name of Alwyn Rowe was like, you know, that just wasn't right. That doesn't sit well with me. So he proposed the constitutional amendment, which the voters happily passed, and is now Article 13, Section 7 in the Minnesota State Constitution. I say such a law should be on the books in every state. I agree. <laughs> the headline was, Melons, Rutabagas, Marijuana? <laughs> Hell uh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. It's a plant. That is the future that we see. Yeah, Weed at every farmer's market. Mm -hmm. And so, also in Minnesota, worth noting that anyone older than 21 can grow up to eight plants and give away their flower. That's written into the law. But the law says they can't sell it because that would require a license from the state along with all those ridiculous legal requirements of, you know, assets and whatever. Mm. All the, you have to have money to play the game bullshit. Uh, I think they should fight. I think that... uh... I will give you an ounce of weed, right? <laughs> yeah. All you got to do is buy this $150 keychain I have right here. Oh, right, right, yeah. And I'll sell you the keychain, and then uh, the weed I'll give you for free. Yeah, and no one needs to know about it. Yeah. No one that would cause any trouble, that uh, is. Seems fucking <laughs> airtight to me. Yeah. Let's go. Now, it was interesting because, of course, Minnesota has had that cannabis party that runs... 
uh, in their elections. And one of the guys that founded that had actually gone to court against this uh, constitutional amendment for selling weed out of his house and saying, well, I grew it out of my garden and I can sell it without a license. And it he was struck down and he said he would never try and fight that again. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it didn't work, which is bullshit. People got to keep trying because that's what the law says, man. Yeah. Any person may sell or peddle the products of the farm or garden occupied and cultivated by him without obtaining a license, therefore. Based and pedal-pilled. Yeah. Letter of the law, bitch. Doesn't matter if you don't like it. That's what you do to us all the time, you fucking old fogies. Seriously. That makes me so upset. I kind of want to propose a constitutional amendment with this wordage in the show-me state. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Based yes. Minnesota. Yeah, it's cool. Who knew? There was something based about Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing Minnesota. You know I love you. Yeah. I mean, the Mothman's there, so that's cool. That's cool. No, but he terrorizes it from the underworld up, though. True. Like, like this, like whoosh. Yeah. The Mothman cometh. Yeah. Lawmakers were able to override... The governor of Montana's veto on that appropriations bill that was tied to where the weed revenue was going to go. They got their mail poll, and it met the two-thirds requirements in both chambers. A mail poll. Yeah, a poll in the mail. M-A-I-L. Ah, okay. And so there were two lawsuits uh, that had been filed and neither has had a hearing date set. And I just wonder if they're going to go forward uh, now that they were able to undo that veto. So we'll see. That was in Montana. That was mm -hmm. kind of craziness going on. And I'm glad that what the governor tried to pull didn't work because that was definitely setting the precedent for other governors. You could tell everyone's perking up. Oh, just wait until the last day to veto something. I, and, I told uh, you. Then they can't override it because they didn't know we vetoed it. Hmm. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a trick so dirty we have to steal it. Exactly. <laughs> no, they probably still will. And maybe some of them won't have this uh, backup cover your ass pull in the mail to be like, hey, yeah, uh, you didn't hear about it, but we can still undo this. Uh, crazy. It's pretty it's wild. Wild that it has to come to this. I know. <laughs> I mean, it's just like a blatantly obvious dirty tricks kind of stuff. Yeah, it's gross. Not so gross, though. In New Jersey, the state Supreme Court ruled that cops improperly used the smell of weed to search a car and uh, that you cannot search a car's trunk based on the smell of weed within the passenger compartment. Yeah. This comes from a case that happened on the New Jersey Turnpike in 2016. Um and it, it's a bad one because the cops were looking for this guy. They had gotten a tip from an informant saying that dude was bringing guns back to New Jersey. God forbid an American's moving some guns. And anyways, they stopped him and they said, hmm, smells like weed. I'm going to search your car. They didn't find anything in the passenger compartment. Then the cop went to the engine compartment and he didn't find any weed, but he did find a rifle and revolver. And the search should have stopped after finding no weed in the passenger compartment. But no, he went to the trunk, too. And, oh, wow, lo and behold, no weed. He just said he smelled weed so he could search and get these damn guns. Mm. So, isn't that gross? I mean, you don't know how often you just randomly smell weed now? 
Like, well, yeah, that should not be the basis of a search at all ever. It's true. I could have literally just walked away from a guy who blew it at me. Yeah, you know, could have just come out of the grocery store. You could be, you could be <laughs> smelling it from somebody down the block. Yeah, someone else driving by on the turnpike. I mean, there's just so many problems with it. You could just say, I smell weed, and search anybody you want, like well, in this case. and that's exactly what it sounds like happened. And that's why it should not be the legal basis for probable cause. Yeah, no warrantless searches at all. How about that? Oh, pretty cool. We had a whole fucking amendment about it right in the, from the very start, but... Well, yeah, and here we are. Here we are. So... Here we are. Th- time to... Fucking fix things. Because you have uh, rights guaranteed by the Constitution, ex- except for when people are in danger, man. We gotta keep us safe, you know? No. We gotta keep us safe, you know? <laughs> That's the wrong mentality. Now, put your hands on the hood. We gotta keep you safe. New Jersey's doing pretty good this week, because there was also a judge in New Jersey that rejected the firing of a cop in Jersey City who tested positive for weed, uh, saying that You know, the city had suggested that federal statutes trump the protections in state law. And they weren't able to offer any evidence that the cop was using on the job or that he was ever impaired during work hours. So he's been reinstated. Nice. And I would like to just say, cops deserve to smoke some weed. I would agree with that. Anybody. (laughs) Everyone deserves to smoke weed. It helps. It's it's, it's similar to, you know, who deserves to... If they wish, have a cup of coffee. Yeah. Like anybody who wants to. Not everybody has to. Some people wouldn't, you know, no thank you. But fuck. It's the same. It's just on the same level. But fuck. Exactly. <laughs> In New York, Governor Kathy Hochul announced the results of the first law enforcement actions under the new law against unlicensed weed businesses. And you'll never guess how many inspections they conducted in three weeks. Uh-oh. That's right. 33 inspections at storefront businesses in New York City, Ithaca, and Binghamton. So they seized over 1,000 pounds worth of product, which was worth about $11 million. That's unfathomable. They can find these businesses between $10,000 and $20,000 a day. So I'm just seeing the Tiger Man meme. I will never financially recover from this. They wouldn't. Yeah, they might as well just shudder. Yeah, sucks. No free market for you, New York. Gotta (laughs) pay the troll toll. That's right. Uh, New York is also being sued over its legalization measure (laughs) by an anti-weed group. I love when these pop up. It happens in every state that legalizes, you know? They're like mad and bad and sad and... They just, like, have the most obvious acronyms. And yeah, uh, one of the, I think the main group behind it is uh, Sipsy. Oh, no. Can- canna- <laughs> well, that's if you make the C make a S sound, but Cannabis Impact Prevention Coalition. The Cannabis Industry Victim Seeking Justice. That's an even worse acronym. Sivsj. <laughs> Sivsj. Uh, Phil Orenstein, who says he has had devastating personal experiences with cannabis. Oh, no. Shocking. Devastating. Edwin Personal. (laughs) Edwin De La Cruz, a father concerned over his son's weed consumption and his son. Well, you know, that sounds like something that you need to figure out in your own home, but whatever. Um, I think we need to work on your marijuana problem. 
And finally, and I mentioned a few bowls ago that this case in D.C. was setting a bad precedent, Ronnie Hickey, who claims she has suffered from weed smoke in her apartment building. We're going to start infringing on the rights of others, you know? Oh, man. You can't smoke weed in your apartment because I can smell it in my apartment. So So she suffered. Suffered, huh? Oh, yeah. It stinks, man. You can't sleep. The dictionary says that uh, to suffer is to feel pain or distress, sustain injury or harm. Or, I think this might be it, number two, to have a specified shortcoming or weakness. Oh, for sure. For sure. Suffer from being a crutchety old bitch is what I think. I think so, too. (laughs) Ah. Here's a gross part of... um, the lawsuit, they claim that some New York mothers who use weed allow their children to die. <laughs> what? What indeed? What and are you talking about? How fucking dare you ever insinuate that a mother has allowed their child to die? Just gross. And, you know, the crux of their whole lawsuit is, of course, well, it's federally illegal. And it's like, you know what? State laws over federal, bitch. Move on. Move on. It's legalized. It's been done. We're not undoing it. The state loves it. They love their tax revenue. It's done. Get over it. And I've got one more story from New York that's eh, not the greatest, and we'll have to stay on top of it to see how it turns out. Uh Uh-oh. Two Long Island Railroad employees have filed a lawsuit against the LIRR after one was terminated and the other one claims he was forced out for failing drug tests after returning from medical leave. They both worked for close to 25 years and they've never been drug tested because the Long Island Railroad doesn't have the authority on, on its own to test them. Both employees tested positive for marijuana metabolites and although the use of marijuana is legal in New York, which means employers are no longer allowed to test employees for cannabis, there are exceptions. There's a million exemptions where an employer can require. But the union rep for the two LIRR electricians says the railroad's policy violates state law, claiming their jobs don't fall under federal regulation. Therefore, they can't prohibit the use of pot. Yeah. Insanity. While they were working, actually working on a railroad, they were never <laughs> tested. Then one went out for a heart condition. One came back from cancer, and the triggering event was they were out for 30 days. Now, this is post-legalization. So our position is, even if if they they had indulged in recreational marijuana, the Long Island Railroad can't prohibit. That's not a prohibited substance anymore. The LIRR argues its workers are in safety-sensitive jobs, which is why there is a zero-tolerance policy. Boo. Can you imagine telling a cancer patient... Sorry, but fuck you, bud. You're canned because we found some THC in your system. Have some respect and fuck cancer. I don't even know what to say to that. And a heart problem. I feel like so much rage has erupted on some of these stories that I'm just, my tank is empty. They were literally working on the railroad, Spence. All the live long day. Exactly. And this is, this is the thanks they get. I also this love- This is the invasion of their uh, privacy, man. Yeah. I love the guy that said- well, there's a million exemptions. Yeah. But then doesn't like give any of them. <laughs> well, he, he, this is the fuckery of the press too, is he could have listed all 1 million and they just, <laughs> that's the chunk that the uh, 23 year old producing the clip cuts out and puts in there. You know? Yep. 
Yep. Like <laughs> I've I've talked to press several times and like basically they do what we do at the end of the show. They find an ISO to put at the beginning. And so they just find like a fucking funny and interesting ISO. That's all they're doing is ISO hunting. Yeah, cherry picking. They're not quoting you. They're finding a funny drop out of context. Yeah, and depending on their political views, they might be trying to literally make you look bad. They're just like, oh, did he say these four words? Because that's the what I want him to say here in my story that I'm putting together. In the package, he'll say this. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. Context be damned. If you ever find yourself being interviewed by a reporter, whatever you want your ISO to say, just say that and only that, and don't don't even give them another conversation. Just say the same thing that you want them to quote you on over and over, so that's the only thing they can take. <laughs> this is the only way. It's the only way that you, that <laughs> you can get through those snakes. Yeah. Just say your name and maybe spell it, and then just what, what your quote wants to be. Over and over. I just think it's shut the fuck up Friday every day, personally. Well, no doubt. Yep. But uh, sometimes, the, you know, you gotta wear the spokes whole hat. You gotta say a thing. Uh, on behalf of some people. Yeah. And sometimes there's a journalist and lurking. If you do, you just, <laughs> you don't want to get screwed. That's all. That's all. In Berks County, Pennsylvania, the ACLU is suing the court system for a policy which keeps medical patients... Out of court-run treatment programs, and by medical patients, of course, I mean weed medical sure. patients. Yes. Uh, and the plaintiff here is an Air Force combat veteran who uses weed for his PTSD and chronic pain. He got arrested and charged with public drunkenness and disorderly conduct in 2022 and faces a gun charge for carrying a firearm with expired registration. So... To avoid prosecution, he applied to the Berks County court-run treatment program for veterans, but was denied a spot. So he reapplied, and they just ignored it. So he's scheduled for an open court hearing about his reapplication on July 20th. And the ACLU says that he was turned down from the program because he's a medical marijuana patient. Pretty messed up. Yes. Because he's not taking the opiates like a good slave or whatever they want to give him, anti-psych medication. In Oregon, lawmakers sent Governor Tina Kotek a bill to improve implementation of the voter-approved drug decriminalization law. Uh, this was called the Hope and Recovery Bill because, of course, when you hear stories about the Pacific Northwest, you hear about this homeless encampment issues mm -hmm. and all that stuff. So... What it does is uh, adds more staff to places that can help the homeless uh, put in applications to get funds. And it centralizes a hotline for support to connect people with services. And, oh, most importantly, it improves data collection and the accuracy of that data. Now, I haven't been to the Pacific Northwest all that much. The last time I went had to have been 2014, I want to say. That sounds right. And it wasn't that horrible. No. Then, like, the the cherry-picked pictures I see of it, you know, paint a very distasteful portrait, sure. for sure. You can find where the tents are at and encampments, but, like, you can find that in most towns anywhere. Yeah. There have been encampments in Kansas City, but there's so much outreach here that they never last. There's also a lot of woods in a lot of places. Oh, yes. And... That's a better place for camping. Exactly. 
So, and it's too bad because there's a lot of counties uh, in the PNW that are just undoing the decriminalization locally. You know, they're saying, Mm -hmm. okay, well, that didn't work. So now drugs are illegal again. And how does that help? Do you actually get to bonk people over the head with a (laughs) club and put them in jail? Does that fix things? No, it doesn't. I don't think so at all, no. In Wisconsin, Governor Tony Evers signed a large-scale bill with a provision that blocks local governments from putting non-binding advisory questions on ballots. And these advisory questions have time and time again been used to show support for legalization. So it's kind of a direct attack. Uh, My last story for Behind the Curtain is that the Wisconsin Supreme Court ruled that the smell of weed is enough to justify police searches of vehicles. So, bad news bears there. Ah, boo. Well, uh, solid moment. Uh, Excuse me, solid curtain action yet again. And speaking of a moment, I want to take a moment to introduce you to the metal moment that uh, the Rev Cyber Trucker puts together each and every week for us. He's got another one. Of course, he's been doing some covers. Uh, So let's see what he's got covered this week. In the bowl and in the morning, this here is Sir Reverend Cybertrucker and Kenny and Grogu with this week's Metal Moment. In my almost half century of life, I've heard many people say that heavy metal is not for kids. Well, me and Leo Maracchioli of Frog Leap Studios disagree. Having put out an entire album of nothing but heavy metal kids songs, Leo's kind of an expert on the subject. From the 2019 album Leo Does Children's Metal Songs, this is Leo Maracchioli, Baby Shark.
parents across Bowler Nation are triggered to pieces. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely triggered. <laughs> oh, Rev, that's cool. That's interesting. I'll have to look up uh, that whole album. Definitely. A whole album of metal kid songs. That seems interesting. That seems fun. But the girls would like it. Definitely. Metal pill them early. Yeah. Well, thanks, Rev. You can always follow along uh, with the Rev's latest shenanigans by giving a follow from any Mastodon instance that doesn't ban us. He is at RevCyberTrucker at NoAgendaSocial.com. And uh, now is a great time to roll over to the voicemail line and see what the bowlers have in store for us. Each week we play a little game called First time I ever First time I ever did a thing And uh, we changed the thing That's the thing about this thing Every week You can check out the IRC topic And surely we didn't get too stoned And we remember to change the FTI subject So if you ever like Oh what's the FTI Hey just pop in the bowl in IRC And it'll say FTI IE colon quote Whatever the thing is like this week, first time I ever had a chiropractic adjustment. That sweet, sweet back crack, baby. That's what we're talking about. And uh, bowlers have a lot to say. Uh, go ahead, bowler. I forgot to call in last week. <clears throat> um, Uh-oh. Or last show. Um, the first thing I remember doing on the internet was um, actually going on being supervised by my father. Nice. And... Um, we printed out a picture of Scorpion from Mortal Kombat. Very cool. <laughs> That's what I did on the internet the first time. Very cool. Nice. Very nice caller. Very solid. Make heroism. I'd recognize that voice anywhere. Thank you for ringing. A little Scorpion from Mortal Kombat. Yeah, that is uh, the recommended thing to do if you're going to venture onto the internet. Uh, <laughs> have an adult supervise strictly. Even then you're taking risks and rolling dice. But... If you're going to do it, that's the way to do it, I say. Uh, or you could always do it like this next caller does it. Snap, crackle, pop. Hey. The chiropractor. There you go. Hello, Sir Spencer and Dame DeLorean. Hello. Hello. How are thou? Oh, pretty good. Good. A little behind the curtain. I'm doing groovy. Um, yeah. The chiropractor. Ah, I've been like twice Maybe three times. Uh, but I, uh, first time I went was for growing pains because I'm, uh, a few plus inches taller than six foot. And, uh, so yeah, just grow faster and then we're getting some, whatever, aches and pains and, or whatever. And, uh, just from little, literal growing pains. And, uh, my mother took me to the chiropractor and did whatever adjustments and stuff like that. And, and, uh, yeah, so. I think that's the only time I went. Can't say it was uh, memorable. I remember the second time I went, my mom was like, "Hey, you know, they ask you to go on the massage table or something beforehand." Just opt out because, like, that was an extra charge. Um, yeah, it's supposed to like loosen you up or whatever, I guess. But it was like an, it was like an automatic thing. You just lay on there and it massages your back or whatever, or like loosens you up or whatever on your back. Yeah, like rolls yeah. over you. So yeah, but uh, yeah, the last time I went was like probably over a decade ago. Easy. So yeah, and don't plan on going back because I don't, I don't know. I feel fine, and uh, I go. don't like massages like at all. So yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, it's that interesting story. So, mad crackle pop. All right, love you guys. 
that dangerous. And uh, whether you're getting ready for the fourth, or it's always the fourth in your head. Bingo. And even if you're not in the U.S. of A., still going to be the fourth coming up here soon. So, mm-hmm. you know, go ahead and stay dangerous. Love you guys. And That's the caca freedom right there. Caca, Fricka. He tries to get him out long because he just wants to be able to hear it at all when he listens back at 2.6 speed. That's the deal. <laughs> that is the key, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. At I mean, 2.6 speed, it's just a good caca. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, man. Well, thank you, caca-caller. Yeah, thank you, caller. And uh, I know you like don't like massages or anything, but... Baller, how are you at back rubs? Yeah, how are you at back robes? Just curious. Uh, also curious. That's the first time you ever got a uh, chiropractic adjustment. Well, you were there because... Oh, really? I grew up thinking that chiropractors were quacks. Yeah. That's... And that it was risky to go to them because they could snap your neck. <laughs> that's just my overactive imagination, that second part. Okay. But I heard that they were quacks, you know? Yeah. Uh, what do we call this line of medicine that's, like, not FDA-approved, regulated by big pharma, uh, pay and troll tolls? Uh, There's a term for it. Yes, there is a term for it. It's, like, it's not alternative medicine, so, well, it falls under that category, but anyways, I digress. You told me that the chiropractor really helped you. Yeah. And you wanted to go back, because when we were in college... Or maybe you were working at the art school. Yeah, both. Yeah, you were getting like discounted well, chiropractic adjustments. Technically, we never were in college because right, you dropped when, out before I showed up. That's right. My bad. But when, no, you just took the torch from me because I couldn't make it across the finish line. <laughs> One of us had to do it. Yeah. <laughs> One of us had to get a degree. One of us had to suffer. So I just passed the torch to you. <laughs> I did it. Well, anyways, you were working at the art school as a nude model. And so you had gotten discounted adjustments. And then we moved to Kansas City. Yep. And so that was gone. <laughs> and we, you were like, I really miss getting adjusted. And I'm like, I've never been adjusted. And you're like, well, it'll help you in so many ways. It just feels great. So we found a place. Must have been like 2016, 2017. Because we were, we had our house. I don't know if we were in the house yet. But we had bought our house. We didn't have any kids. And so we drove to the place. And like Christopher Battles was saying, first there's a massage table that you lay on. Well, first you check in with a receptionist, yeah. Sure. She's like, okay, go lay on this table. And these ones were each in like a closet. You had your own private room kind of thing. Yeah. And I guess first she put the electric patches on me like the tens oh, machine yeah. i forgot about the and the i'm tens, terrified though. of electricity so i tensed right up and she was like what level do you want and i was like huh <laughs> she's like you know from like one to ten like how strong do you want the current or whatever it's called and i'm like a one <laughs> because i was so scared she's like where do you want i'm like your neck your back i'm like i don't know like i don't want to get shocked this sounds horrifying Oh, I never played with a TENS machine before. But then she put them on, and she had the knob, so she's like, well, how does this feel? And I'm like, oh, I don't feel anything. And she's, like, turning it up. She's like, how does this feel? How does this feel? I was like, oh, you know, that's 
that's not bad. I guess we can go a little higher. <laughs> we can make it to maybe like a three or a four. <laughs> hmm. And then I lay down on the table and it had these rollers under it and it was warm. Yep. So it's like heating you up and then pushing these rollers up and down. And I have this one spot in my lower back, which I call my nubs. Uh, I guess they're probably back mice. No one's ever given me an actual diagnosis. People just feel it and go, huh, that's weird. But it's like <laughs> these lumps in my back, my lower back, um, and they hurt sometimes, like to the touch. If I don't touch them, it's fine. But when I touch them, they feel bruised and it's horrible. So anyways, when the rollers would go over my nubs, oh, man, I felt so good. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is the bomb. And then I went into... The chiropractor's office, you know, they came and got me, and I was like, dang, because I could lay on that table forever getting that heated roller massage with the electric little nodes on my neck and stuff. I go into the chiropractor's office, and she's like, okay, go face down on this table. And she starts just, like, lightly touching me, like, from the top of my head to the bottom, and she's like, okay, your sacrum's out of place, your neck is, you know, she's saying, like, L1 or whatever. She's, like, mentioning parts of the spine. And I'm like, okay, that sounds horrible. It sounded like every single part of my spine was fucked up. Yeah. Uh, And then she just did some quick, like, whatevers. She had this, I told her, I'm like, I grind my teeth. I need help with that. She's like, okay. She pulls out this, like, wand thing. And she's like, here you go. Like, you know, she puts it on my jaw and (laughs) presses a button. And that's it. It, like, pops. It, like, clicks. Mm -hmm. But you don't feel anything from it. It just makes a loud clicking sound. (laughs) And I was like, what is this sorcery? (laughs) And I laughed. And I was like, I don't know if anything actually happened. But the next day I woke up and I didn't grind my teeth that night. Hmm. So I'm like, well, it did something. She did it on both sides. This like point and click, point and click. Okay. She called it an activator. An activator. That's right. I just thought that was so weird. Activated your almonds is what happened. Sure did. And so uh, quackery, maybe, but it felt nice. And we went back for a while and then the scamdemic happened and they changed all their rules to be super fucked up. Mm -hmm. And we stopped and found a based chiropractor but Mm -hmm. we still go we go every other week yeah and they're wonderful because our new ones they treat all of your children just under your cost it's like a family cost yeah so everyone gets treated for low rate but they don't have the massage table but that's okay yeah that's all right i do miss that was massage rollers (laughs) with the heat and oh just like, like and the activator i know they're like hey lay down and uh now, now, did they have an activator? Have you asked them about that? I'm going to ask. I thought they did. When we go tomorrow. I feel like I've gotten it once from them. I and I need so it too. more. I need it every time. Yeah, you should just ask for it every time. <laughs> Can you activate my jaw? It's like, hey, we're paying you the thing, so just... Uh, activate my almonds, man. Bonk me around a little more. I get my money's worth. <laughs> <laughs> I always get my money's worth out of the bonking, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, this uh, next color certainly got their money's worth. Yeah... I've I've never had any chiropractic adjustments um, in the bowl. In the bowl? Oh, in the bowl. And was that the hat trick? Was that Hey Citizen? Oh, I'm not sure. It's a mystery caller. I have no idea. But you did put out that call. I I literally don't know. That uh, call to action for Hey Citizen. I did bait him. So I suppose it could be. But uh, I don't know. It's somebody who is uh, good at a, good at a spoof number yeah, that it's I a definitely great number. appreciate. 
Uh, Appreciate you, caller. Come to the bowl and get a chiropractic adjustment anytime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> C dubs, then why did you call? <laughs> uh, it wasn't peer pressure. It was just Bowler's turn. That's exactly. all. Exactly. In the bowl, caller. In the bowl. Somewhere out there, there's a cute little chiropractic adjustment waiting to just snap your back. In all the right ways. You'll be glad. Pseudoscience. Pseudoscience, that's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that the word you're looking for? That was what I was looking for, because I'm pretty sure chiropractic, whatever, falls under there. On the science left ain't gay is pseudoscience. Did our dog get a chiropractic adjustment before me? No. Okay. We didn't have... Oh, you mean... Murphy. You mean before you got a chiropractic adjustment? Yes. I don't think so. I don't either, but that... Because we found them through her. Mm Mm-mm. Pretty sure. No. His, Murphy's chiropractor, our dog had a car accident when he was younger and his he got back hit was all messed by a up. Car. He had a car accident. That's, a, that's an accident involving a car. A car accident. Our dog ran a red light and got T-boned by this truck. <laughs> he crossed the street when cars were coming. Our dog got hit by a car. Our dog got hit by a car. <laughs> and everything, as you can imagine, was broken because he weighs all of 10 pounds. Right. He's a little poodle mix. And so... Uh, as he aged, it got harder for him to deal with um, the pain. And he would. we took him to a vet, and they did an x-ray and stuff, and just said, well, you know, he doesn't have any pinched nerves in his spine or anything, so we're just going to give him opioids. Sure. And I was not happy with that, because what's that mean? You're not addressing, you're just addressing the symptoms and not the cause of the problem. We're not fixing things, and I need a solution here. Yeah. So then I had heard... Michael Savage talking about bringing his poodle to a chiropractor. Oh, I and forgot about that. I, a light bulb just went off, and I was like, there's chiropractors for dogs? And he's talking about how it saved his dog's Teddy. It was Teddy. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, that, t- that really saved Teddy's life. So I thought, well, it's worth a shot because having a dog that just screams in pain when you pet them is a horrible experience and yeah, he, he no way get, to live. He'd always tense up, and when he'd <sighs> get bad, he couldn't like go up and down the stairs or nothing like that. Yeah, he would yipe, and oh, it was horrible. He had no quality of life. And so we took him to a chiropractor whose name was Emily. This was pre-pandemic. I think we only had, Rayla was a baby. So it was probably after my chiropractic adjustment. Um, And just after one adjustment, he was back to full jumping, running, playing. Like, that's where our oldest dog's quality of life came from. Yep. was chiropractic care. It was amazing. Yeah, it was nice. But anyways, go on. What about the first time you got adjusted? Do you oh. remember? Uh, first time I got adjusted. Oh, man. I'm trying to search through the uh, recesses of my memory, but I definitely got adjusted while I was still in high school for the first time. Mm. I can't remember exactly how old I was, but my mom had been going a lot. And then I went in, and uh, that particular chiropractor, he was a lot more forceful in the adjustments. Oh, Yeah. Throwing you around and stuff. Uh Uh-huh. And I was also, like, younger and smaller frame and everything. So, I don't know. I didn't really take to it so much the first time. Well, and it was a dude. I also really... (laughs) If you're not, like, uh, particularly out of alignment in any way, then I think that's a lot of the the, the issues of people who uh, just go in and they're like, yeah, nothing happened, kind of. Yeah. Like, if you're not out of alignment, then... What are you going to do? You know, it doesn't make There's sense. There's no benefit. Yeah. But if you're sitting in an office chair all day, 
you're almost certainly out of alignment. Yeah, mine always happens like the when I would st- I would stop going to the chiropractor after I kind of like quote unquote got better or got back in line, and then uh, basically what would happen is I'd either move or I'd go on a car ride trip longer than you know ten hours per day of driving. Mm. And those were the two things that always like put me back in the stiffen up zone where I'd get like locked up. Eventually, you know, it's like your hip just can't even move. Like that hip muscle, you lose the ability to movement. You lose uh, range of motion in it. And I've got before where it's like that uh, hip muscle right above your ass, lower back, upper ass. Yeah. I always like that's where I stiffen up and lock up first. But yeah, in college, I've I found a lot more use for it. I don't know. And now. Incredibly useful. Incredibly useful. Never could hope to be as useful as this next caller, though. First chiropractic adjustment. Well, I don't remember the first one per se. Right. Um, but I wasn't there necessarily for back injuries. I had a shit ton of allergies when I was a kid. I was allergic to chocolate, minerals, uh, grass, and shit. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever held a, uh, <clears throat> a cell phone up to your heart and that held your other arm directly out to the side and done like a not a stress test but where somebody pushes down your pushes down on your arm uh-uh. and uh if you don't have a cell phone up against pushed up against your heart you'll be able to uh resist a lot better when somebody when your arm is extended uh. and somebody pushes down on it and you put that phone up to your heart and immediately you you get weaker so with allergens it works the same way Interesting. Uh, chiropractic and chiropractor and uh anyway they'd adjust my back and uh, something I was allergic to, like I would always get like really chew on grass. They did this. They had this uh, gun basically that had a bunch of it had two prongs on the end, and it would go and kind of bam, 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 bam on your spinal cord to get your spinal adjustments. And I had pretty much all my allergies cured that way. I did it for chocolate. I didn't ever uh, break out in hives after eating chocolate from that day on. Nice. Whoa, it's pretty wild shit. Yeah. Uh, chiropractic adjustments to cure allergies. Sounds made up, but it worked. Incredible. In a bowl. In a bowl. <laughs> sir, 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 your seat sitter. Thank you. Oh, that's incredible. I should explore that. Yeah, I had a lot of allergies. I went to an allergy specialist that uh, stabbed me with a shitload of things I was allergic to and then counted all the hives Ugh. that grew. I never did that. He did like, oh God, it was must have been like at least 50... Uh, it's not pricks, it's more like they scratch you. Yeah. So they take a needle and they put it in the allergen and then they scratch you on the back with it. <laughs> they do like 40 or 50 of these and then like, I'm yep. allergic to most of the shit. I was going to say, definitely allergic to that. Yeah. And <laughs> then that. they were like, oh, we didn't do food allergies, you're allergic to peanuts. Because it said on the form, but they didn't do the peanuts. And there was like three more for peanuts. Mm. And I was like, oh, I already know I'm allergic to peanuts, <laughs> asshole. Like, you don't have yeah. to... And they put three scratches on my oh. arm oh. the next day when I, or like, uh, uh, cause it was like, we'll scratch you, go to bed the next day, come back. So the next day oh. I went back in and they're like counting the hives and checking boxes. And then they give me three more for the peanut on my arm. I'm like, dude, they're the going to, you know, that you're like, allergic to. All the to. peanut ones are going to pop, dude. Why oh. do you need to, oh, they did that too. Cause they're sadists. Yeah. They're the fucking operation paperclip doctors, bro. So gross. Interesting, uh, from Sir Seatzer's call, one of our chiropractors, they're a married couple, um, and the guy, when he was a child, 
A chiropractor saved his ass from horrible allergies that were keeping him down all the time. And so that's what brought him into working in the field, was just knowing that it can save your ass from allergies. Yes. And as an adult that's regularly adjusted, I have not had my seasonal allergies nearly as bad as I ever did. I used to have to take uh, Claritin or something all the time. I haven't taken those kinds of drugs for at least three years. So, and also chiropractic care, I feel like really made my pregnancies a lot smoother. Yeah. I, I remember I was pregnant when we first saw the couple we see now during the scamdemic and I waddled in. Like yeah. I remember waddling mm-hmm. and like, I would have to hold a railing to go up and down the stairs. And then after a couple adjustments like that, that's never been the case. So yeah. Yeah. Most definitely would recommend you know, it's like, what's the worst that could happen? You just are like, oh, I didn't see a benefit to that. Right. Or they snap your neck and you die. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, sh- totally sh- kidding. Sh- it's sh- fucked sure. up. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the horror stories that, you know, just pop in my brain. I feel like if something like that ever happens, it would get blown out of proportion. It's probably been a news story before. Yeah. Some extreme idiot situation. Yeah. I heard some pins fall. That's exciting. Yeah, we had a couple of pins, actually. We had uh, earlier 101 sats from C-dubs. Oh, C-dubs. Thank you. Boosted that podcast index. And then just now you heard uh, 2730 sats from Anonymous, uh, who said, Leap boosting the split, keep on bowling and pass to the left. Well, thank you, Anon. Appreciate that. Boosting from Podverse, by the way, that last one. Very cool. Very value-enabled. Love it. Yeah, so that's our uh, F-Ties. We gotta come up with one for next week. And next Tuesday is the 4th of July. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we're gonna have a patriotic bowl next week. Red, white, and bowl. What about the first time I ever played with fireworks? Yeah, okay. Cool, I love when it's simple. First time I ever played with fireworks. Uh... If you had a list, C-Dubs had some great suggestions in the chat, but... I need to digitize the the F tie list for sure. I'm I'm discovering this. It should have been obvious from the start, but I'll put them in my little draft. C Dub's had first time I ever lost a pet. Oh. That is gonna be a very sad episode. We could save it for never. Yeah, you know what? I think we might have done that. <laughs> I think we might have done that one. Are you sure? No. I mean, yeah. I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> done. Elm's done. Oh, man. Well, I don't know. First time I ever got electrocuted, we've definitely done. Yeah. Well, you yeah, fuck it, dude. There's only one thing left to do. That's true, actually, now that you mention it. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Yeah, let's go bowling. So, a police officer was going through the car wash when he heard someone call his name. And he looked up and saw a now 45-year-old man working there who he totally recognized as a kid who he taught as a D.A.R.E. officer in the school program 33 years ago. But it's weirder because the kid, or the guy, now they're an adult, and an older adult, uh, said, hey, do you still have the photo? Because... The kid challenged him to a foot race at lunch or recess when he was 12. 
and someone just happened to snap a photo of this officer and the kid racing each other on the playground and sent it to the local paper to talk about what a great thing D.A.R.E. was for the students. And this was in 1990, of course. Um, and it was the first year of D.A.R.E. in this North Kentucky school. I guess the cops, instead of it being like a classroom setting, the cops were just totally immersed with the kids, eating lunch with them, going on field trips with them, yada, yada. But man, that 33-year thing. Right. And they featured the photo, of course, too. 33-year-old photo. A grand theft of a law enforcement vehicle should not be on your 33-year-old bucket list, as it was for one Florida man who got caught stealing a police cruiser from a hospital and then, of course, was stopped by the police and arrested, facing four charges. Ah, nuts. Big oofs. Big oofs. 33 is not the year to do that. In fact, I wouldn't ever suggest it. Yeah, but if you do it when you're 33, then it's going to be a big deal. (laughs) Probably maximum fine and news coverage (laughs) or something. I don't know. Yeah, here we are in the show me state talking about you, Florida man. Uh, it's like you could have stolen any vehicle and you went for a cop car. Yeah, those are pretty easy to find, turns out. <laughs> yeah. They're all over the place. Well, I just mean once they're stolen. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. They're sort of kind of heavily monitored. <laughs> Ugh. Being, uh, you know, police cars and all. Yeah. It's weird, too, because I used to always think, ah, the cops, they would always have that, like, laptop screen open, like those ancient laptops (laughs) on their console, like, in the center, and that bright light from the screen, and I was like, how can you drive with a freaking screen in your face and the radio going, people talking at you, and you're looking for things, addresses and such, people causing problems, and now every car has that huge screen in the middle on the front. It's horrible. Horrible. They thought the radio was distracting. Here, take a screen, slave. <laughs> Let's up our accidents and blame it on the weed. Legal weed. Yeah, I like screens, though. Yeah. Oh, another story out of Florida this week. At a uh, Pompano Beach home, a guy was watching his security camera because a utility truck parked in front of his house and a bunch of guys in work vests and helmets got out. So, you know, surely they're doing some street work or something. Seems legit. Well, they walk into his yard, up to his mango tree, and start picking. Picking his mangoes. Oh, no. And then they go back to the truck. And despite their setup in the work vest and stuff, it seemed like their whole mission was to swipe mangoes because... Towards the end of their adventure in his yard, picking mangoes from his tree, the supervisor came out to do a final sweep and make sure that no mango was left behind. Oh, they got them all. They got them all. And you will be shocked to hear that his no trespassing sign did not deter this activity. Oh, weird. Yeah, isn't it? There was like a rule against it and everything? There was a sign, man. They didn't read it. Incredible. Incredible. Hard to even imagine how something like that could happen. Yeah. Well, hilariously, the guy, he sent this footage into the local news. Because you know how local news have, like, the Investigate Now team and whatever. And while he was being interviewed by the journalist covering it, a female utility contractor called him asking for forgiveness 
on behalf of these men and said that she had suspended them from work. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And, of course, she wasn't there, but he said So they really were on a job, and then they just did a mango raid. Yeah. Because they just got mango fever, man. It's temporary insanity. They could probably get off. Mango fever. With a good attorney, for sure, they could definitely get off on temporary insanity. It makes nothing but sense. Just take a bite out of a fresh mango and tell me you ain't going to go back for the rest. The thing is, like... Right off the tree? His neighbors were in this article saying, like, he gives his mangoes to the homeless, and he gives his neighbor his neighbor's <sighs> mangoes, and if really, if you just asked the guy for a mango, he would have given you one. I mean, and each dude could have just taken one mango, but no, they had to take his whole <laughs> mango... Crop, correct. The whole tree. Well, anything less is just not enough for mango fever. Yeah, you know what the guy is gonna do now? What's he gonna do? Build a fence. Ah, uh, you know. When in doubt, build a wall. Not a bad idea. <laughs> Better than a sign. Yeah. Are you? Are you? Are you accusing me of being dumb? Nope. Uh, not in this instance. In California, a man is convicted of illegally importing an ancient mosaic from Syria. Yeah. Uh, He paid $12,000 for it. And a government appraisal expert valued it at $450,000. Whoa. Uh, Now, this mosaic is pretty cool. It depicts a myth where Hercules is rescuing Prometheus. And it's dated back to the Roman Empire. So, you know, authorities uh, suspect and likely know that it was looted from Syria, which, of course, is in the midst of war and whatnot, allegedly. I have not been there. Mm. So when he was flying it over to California, the man declared the mosaic as ceramic tiles worth less than $600. But the mosaic weighs about 2,000 pounds. Oh, my God. So this is a hefty load. Sure. And it had to get trucked to his house. And it was then seized by federal authorities from his garage. Lame. And that's how they were able to value it at this $450,000 value. Uh, Plus, he did pay someone $40,000 to restore it, which you just wouldn't do for 600 bucks worth of ceramic tiles. Correct. So he's got a sentencing hearing scheduled for August 31st, and he now faces up to two years in prison. Lame. Yeah, super lame. Also lame is when you are in a single-engine plane and you just take off from the city airport when all of a sudden your plane loses power. And you have to land somehow. A neighborhood street is probably an ideal spot, you know, to land the plane if you can't find a highway, I guess. But this small plane in Wisconsin landed right on top of a parked minivan. Oh, no. Not ideal, but no one was in the minivan, and the two people in the plane only suffered minor injuries. So all in all, you know, kind of a best-case scenario... Of course, the cops and National Traffic and Safety Board have to investigate the crash, so they'll be dealing with paperwork for a while. They'll get a gutter ball coming their way soon. Uh, that's for sure. In England, a family lost their pet tortoise two years ago. The tortoise's name was Jemima. They kept it in the backyard. They guessed that 
she was about 50 years old because um, they inherited her from the grandfather on the dad's side when he passed in 2016. And the grandfather had found this tortoise wandering 25 years before 2016. So, you know, they're guesstimating her age is about 50. Well, somehow, she made her very slow getaway in May 2021. And the family thought, well, she's a tortoise. She can't get that far. Big and slow. So they made some social media posts, and they looked for her every day. They got a tip that there was a tortoise in someone's yard, but when they got to the house, uh, no one was there, neither was the tortoise. So a year goes by, and they start to lose hope. You know? But they think, well, if someone finds a tortoise, they'll know to get in touch with us. Then two years go by, and it's kind of grim. You know, like, eh, I guess Jemima's gone for good. Yeah. But then they saw a post that a vet had gotten a tortoise into her care that a farmer had found on his farm in a field thinking it was a rock. Whoa. And the farmer just didn't know what to do with it. You know, the farmer's kids wanted to keep the tortoise, but no. (laughs) Yeah. So it gets brought to a vet where maybe its home can be found or whatever. And Jemima was reunited with the family two years after disappearing. The craziest part is that this farm was five miles away from their house. So not all that far away, but also a pretty good distance for a tortoise to travel to. Yeah, pretty Uh, great. So uh, now they have Jemima in a secure, upgraded pen. We'll see how long she sticks around. Ugh. It was June of 2019 on Long Island. I remember. Yeah. Well, this family had their toddler in a mall, in a Macy's. Remember malls? I remember. They ex- yeah, they exist somewhere, in some places still. And Long Island still has this Macy's in a mall, I guess. Uh, and this, I worked in a mall for a very short period of time. I remember. In retail. And something that really fucking pissed me off was when families would let their little kids act like the mannequins were pieces in a jungle gym. It's just ignorant. And so in this story, a toddler was tugging on a six-foot-tall male dummy, which wasn't secured at the base. I don't remember any of the mannequins being secured at the base in the store where I worked either because they're just standing on a platform, you know? Yeah, they're a bit warbly. They have a metal platform, but if you pull on it, it's going to fall over because it's not a fucking jungle gym. Right. It's to hold clothes. So anyways, what happens when a toddler pulls on these things? Oh, it falls. And this one landed on the kid and slashed his face open. So now it's been four years. Kid's got a scar on his forehead and nose. Yeah. And the boy's father has decided that he's going to sue Macy's. Now? Yes. Because of the shock and mental anguish uh, that his toddler suffered then and still suffers with the scar on his face. And, you know, he wants to get his medical expenses covered, of course, along with a compensation. I see. The get-rich-quick scheme. You want a lawsuit. You want to do dumb shit, get hurt doing it, and then get paid for doing it. Yes, precisely. I don't really like this. I hate this. I don't like this idea. No. I think it should immediately be like, oh, where were the parents? Yeah. 
Why did you let you your... get what you get? If anything, you should have to like. Uh, you should pay us. Pay the damages for breaking <laughs> for... a mannequin or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the dummy now? Ugh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's how I felt too. I'm uh... glad that we agree on this. This thing pissed me off reading it. Like, uh, yeah. in the lawsuit, they uh, call that what you get, right? That's what you get. <laughs> yeah, that's what you fucking get. Fuck around, find out. You get what you deserve. Instant you tug on karma. The yeah, I don't care if you're three. Yeah. You can't be dumb. You still can't knock shit into yourself. It's like uh, not how we survive. Precisely. In this physical realm. In the lawsuit, they claim that Macy's should be held liable for the injuries because of the negligence, carelessness, and or recklessness of the staff at the store where the incident happened. Projection. I'm like, yeah, the only negligent, careless, reckless people is your you and your kid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying to put your toddler on a leash, but when you see him doing dumb shit, oh wait, you weren't watching them, and that's why this fucking if, happened. If there's a whole mannequin gets knocked over situation, then yeah, you you got to intervene before that happens. Exactly, it's and too I late. know because I take four of the little rugrats to public places to a gem show or with lots of to, breakable to gem delicate shows with things. very expensive delicate shit. <laughs> And, and yeah, do I have to yell at my kids every once in a while? Yeah. Do I have to say, do you need to go to the bathroom? <laughs> do I have to get in their face sometimes? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but not often. Uh, but do they leave my sight any part? No. No, because I'm responsible for them because no. they are children. And I've got eyes everywhere and ears even more. And uh, yeah, the minute they start to even think about going under that table, all of a sudden my arms are wrapped or my hands wrapped around their arm and they're like, whoa, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Where'd he come from? I'm everywhere. Get your ass out from under the table. How did he see me? Yeah. It's pissing me off. That's yeah, story, man. You gotta, like, you gotta keep your kid under control. And you're, you're liable. You're liable if your kid knocks some shit over or like gets hurt doing dumb shit. Exactly. You are liable because you're the parent. Yeah. Precisely. Oh, on Sunday in Northwest Indiana, cops received hundreds of 911 calls reporting the smell of sulfur in the air. Uh-oh. Yeah, always a bad thing. Not today, They thought Satan. it was a gas leak. All the, uh, you know, media reps from the police departments had to issue statements online saying, please stop calling us about the stink. <laughs> you know, because it was blogging up the phone line. And there's only so many dispatchers and actual emergencies might be going on. They're like, we're looking into the smell. We don't know what it is yet, but we're, we've got someone looking into it. For Pete's sake, say, open the phone lines for people that are having actual emergencies where they actually need first responders. Turns out that there's a BP oil refinery there, which had, as they word it, an unplanned flaring due to a weather-related malfunction in a unit, which caused some smoke. Oh. You know, just a little noxious chemicals <laughs> that oh. you're all exposed to. No big deal. Another day in life. Yeah. This is a Whiting's BP oil refinery, the town of Whiting. And it's hilarious because this exact plant just paid a 40 million dollar fine uh for the 
a violation of the Clean Air Act, which I know that sounds like bullshit, but the plant was caught uh, with benzene, the carcinogen benzene, getting out of their wastewater treatment system. Whoops. Whoopsies. Yeah. Very problematic. <laughs> uh, so, you know, emergency, emergency management and their PR lady did a great job. They say, hey... You know, this was an unplanned flare. Don't worry about the smell. It poses no health risk. <laughs> Trust them, slave. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be fine. Yeah. You'll be just <clears throat> fine. Well, in other news, dreams really <clears throat> do come true. I'm talking about the Enhanced <clears throat> Games, which is coming up in 2024 to rival the Olympics the Enhanced Games. The you know Enhanced what this is? Games? The first international sports event that fully supports performance enhancements. No, no drug testing. Way. Yeah, they're going to obliterate all the world records. Oh my God. And they're going to unlock human potential. Juiced Olympics. Exactly. And so it's an Australian born dude who is based in London now. I say, dude. <laughs> Very spooky guy. Dude, bro. Dude, bro. His name's Aaron D'Souza. He's a London-based businessman and lawyer, and he's also uh, the guy who represented Hulk Hogan and won <laughs> $115 million for him in the 2016 Invasion of Privacy lawsuit against Gawker. I remember the Gawker remember. thing. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It was a big deal. This was his lawyer. And so he's proposed the enhanced game. The date's to be, you know, announced. But it's going to rival the Olympics, he says. He says that uh, he already has an athlete that's, like, smoked the track and field record. Thanks to performance enhancements. Sure. You know, drugs. Wow. All the good stuff. The asterisk world record book. And We've uh, always wanted to watch it. Yes! This is where the fun begins. Wow. And so, yeah, no drug testing, so anything goes. And he said, hey... Natural athletes are, of course, encouraged to show up and, um, you know, yeah, compete. You, you don't because, have to juice, right? Like, right. It, there's no requirement to it's, juice. They just don't drug you, test you. Exactly. It's true freedom. And wow, hey, imagine. What a concept. This is interesting, actually. Imagine this is fun. if an unjuiced athlete beat the juiced ones, you know? like That would be cool. How fucking awesome would that be? You'd I'll be probably, like, I'm be, actually Hercules, man. That'll probably be happening in some of the instances. Yeah. yeah. So there's going to be five categories, track and field, swimming, weightlifting, gymnastics, and combat sports. I'm excited. This is something so that we, you and I have talked about for a long time. I'm, I'm thinking, I just don't know exactly how anabolic steroids work 100%, but like I'm thinking for swimming, it wouldn't really be that much of an edge because while there is some uh, muscle strength involved, like the more mass you gain, the heavier you are because muscle sinks. Muscle's not buoyant. So, like, you know, you never see, like, a weightlift chad thick swimmer that's, like, winning all the shit. Yeah. They're usually, like, very toned, but, like, trim, you know? There's a lot of other drugs out there. Same with runners, you know? I guess, yeah, you're right. There's a lot of other drugs out there. Any upper. (laughs) Any upper. Let's go with an upper. And swim, swim, swim. I mean, yeah, that does help, for sure. run, run, run. Even, like, the uh, stacker pills and monster drinks. (laughs) Yes, yeah, I was thinking that too earlier. We used to do some of that. I thought, oh, these athletes are going to be all juiced up on Red Bull. <laughs> Tastes good. 
Uh, so I don't know. I haven't done a lot of different drugs. These athletes have. Yeah, no doubt. I'm excited. Uh, people are already hating all over it. Of and course. That excites me. Oh yeah, I yeah. think that the athletes would come out against this so hard and uh, be very ass blasted about it. But well, uh, why not? Like you don't have to watch it. You don't have to do that. Anyone who's been canceled because of getting caught with a drug should definitely be here. You know, or not even allowed to compete because of fucking THC metabolites, oh, for geez, instance. Oh, that, that part all is so those, stupid. All of those athletes should go there because fuck the anti-doping agency. <sighs> Freedom. Embrace it's, it. It's just dirty tricks from them, too, you know? Yep. Just yet another scheme. So many schemes on this planet. Well, I've got one more story for the lanes tonight. Uh little feel-good story to oh, end goodness. things on with a clip. On January 2nd, this little girl, now about to be six months old, was left inside a safe haven baby box located at Ocala's Fire Station 1. The temperature-controlled box is set up to sound an alarm to first responders once a baby is placed inside. Within minutes, the baby, now named Zoe, was in the arms of first responders in seemingly good health. The firefighter who discovered baby Zoe called his wife, letting her know what happened, given the couple struggled to adopt. We've been trying for almost a decade to have a family, and everything has kind of just not worked out for us. So we're like, okay, don't get our hopes up, don't get our hopes up. With a handwritten note to the doctor from the first responder, saying he and his wife would like to adopt the girl. To their surprise, they were given the green light to begin the adoption process. Everybody was just in disbelief, honestly, that she was hand-delivered to us almost, and that everything had kind of worked itself out to where we could bring her home two days later. Safe Haven Baby Boxes CEO and founder Monica Kelsey says she placed the baby box in Marion County in 2017, with more than 150 others placed around the country after being abandoned as a newborn herself. We've had 10 this year. Uh, in 2023, this is a record year for us. It's working. In April, via a court proceeding over Zoom, Zoe was officially adopted by the couple. We really felt in our hearts that we wanted some to let the, mom, the birth mom know in some way or shape or form that she is safe, she is happy, and she is very loved. I think that it's very respectable what she did. I'm not crying. <laughs> <laughs> Very sweet. Yeah, it was sweet. Now, what's interesting with this story is that they said the the couple doesn't want to be identified. Right. And in this, the video clips, they show the adoptive mom holding the baby and stuff. Her arms are tatted the fuck up. You could identify that woman if you knew her. Oh, no. Shit, I mean, even after watching the news story, I remember who, what her tattoos were. I see her on the street. I'd be like, oh, you're the lady that adopted the baby, married to the firefighter. Cool. Damn. Yeah. I was like, wow, way to keep them anonymous, you fucking journo bastards. <laughs> <laughs> Typical. Yeah. You're supposed to do that, like, shadow silhouette thing and change their voice and shit, you know? Make it all spooky. Yeah. And truly anonymous. Come on, there are protocols, man. There are protocols. Does anyone give a fuck about the rules? Am I the only one? I might be. But that's a feel-good one. Yeah, no doubt. That mom didn't murder her baby. She just put it in a box. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, it's still sad. Yes. At least it ended well. For now. For now. And for now, we must end well. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. Always good. 
times here Tuesday nights in the bowl. We will be back at it for a special 4th of July edition. Woo! Next Tuesday. Little red, white, and bowl for you. Uh, until then, you know I'll always be Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. And I'll be Dame DeLorean. Until next time, bowlers. May your bowls burn ever brighter. No matter what I say, it draws controversy. The deadline's April 20th. Get it, Bowler. Come on, Bowler. Well, the bowl after bowl guy? Sir Spencer and Dame DeLorean. Bowlafterbowl.com Boom, boom, boom. Shaking the room. Yep, another bowl in the books. That's how we do it. I know you couldn't tell, but that song did have like